It's a lot. 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 Like like. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Film Yak podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. I'm JR. And uh, the whole gang is back together today to talk Kevin's pick, the 2002 uh, just quirky indie comedy, Secretary, directed by Stevie Shaneberg. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of other stuff we watched. I've been off all week, watched some stuff. What I would consider a lot of stuff. JR thinks it's like it's like a Tuesday for him, but for me, you know, it's ten days worth of movies, uh, and maybe uh, a trailer or two, some uh, some news items that I neglected to mention prior to recording. But uh, how's everybody doing today? Doing good. Doing good. All right. Great banter, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been about a month since we recorded last, or three weeks, maybe. Three. Three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So we've all aged. Yeah. We're all closer to death. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, what's... And in that time, uh, Avengers has made a billion dollars. In three in weeks. Less, less than that, you know that time. Less than that time. Yeah, in like three days. Three in days. like three or four days, it's made a billion dollars. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, that's actually one of the things I was going to talk about was uh, I have a friend. Well, actually, he's been on the show, Winston. Uh, mm. And he was uh, in Greece over the spring break holiday. Right. And... He said that uh, somebody spoiled Avengers for him. That he's got a lot of people who he knows who want to spoil it for him. Like they treat it like it's a sport or something. And he has to like unfriend them and block them and shit like that. <laughs> and he said he got spoiled for them. And I was like, I was like, uh, you know, I don't get. I don't. Well, I don't understand 100% Winston and other fanboys. He's obviously a fanboy of this shit. <laughs> These, these people who get upset about things being spoiled, but I also, like, as upset as he does, like, he, you know, his life is over. <laughs> but uh, I don't understand the, the, the mentality of someone who wants to spoil something for someone, who, like, wants to ruin someone's experience and where that comes from. Yeah, it seems pretty hateful, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's just people don't like <laughs> to see other people being happy. Yeah. And like, especially you know, when it's something that they don't care about. Yeah, yeah, because like you know, um, not not going to mention any names, but like, Jarrett's <laughs> having Jarrett's mic, 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 mic trouble. But you know, like uh, you know, Game of Thrones just came back, and like there are people who were you know out to spoil that as much as they can, and then there are the people who like, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so don't blah blah blah, and it's like, it's like okay. Not watching it doesn't make you special. Right. Watching it doesn't make you special. Right. Just let people it's enjoy sh- what they want to enjoy. Show. Yeah. yeah. And I agree there's like a... I, I can see the point of like people... You know, I mean, something like Game of Thrones and the Avengers and Marvel movies and these kind of like cultural phenomenons. Mm. I can see... I said phenomenons. Phenomena, right? Plural, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see this, uh, you know, the the kind of antagonism towards that mm. because I've, I've felt that way at times of like, you know, why do you like this so much? It's not that good. But at the same time, you know, there's like a live and let live kind of attitude that I think should be adopted by a lot of people. It's just, it's just not that serious, you know? Yeah. Cause I can say like, I was definitely like that when I was in my like late teens, mm-hmm. early twenties. Mm-hmm. Like I was just seeking out like the absolute most esoteric 
stuff that I, that I could possibly find. Sure. And you know, just being a real dickhead about anything that was like, of course, even you know, moderately mainstream. But now it's like I don't like. Number one, like I can see more merit in mainstream things. Number two, I just don't have that kind of energy in me. Like, it's like I don't. You're not passionate enough about it to give a fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's just it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like why you know yeah, and like you know like Park Park who's been on the show who I'm sure is someone who you're kind of talking about. (laughs) Like Park is one of these people who's very aggressive against Game of Thrones and like comments about every time I see something about Game of Thrones, (laughs) it's like he's the first comment. Who who gives a shit? You know, fuck Game of Thrones. I can't wait for this thing to be over. And it's like, I, I like while I don't disagree with his comments, I think I actually commented when it said HBO passed on the prequel series, and I said mm. that's great because we won't have to hear any more about it once this thing dies. But it's like, you know, that's just that's my personal opinion. But I wouldn't like go after. You know, I know Kevin likes it. I wouldn't say Kevin, you're a piece of shit because you I like mean, Game of Thrones. You know, I'm not gonna lie. If it was like science fiction based, I would watch Game of Thrones. If there were no dragons or or I'm supernatural not, shit, I'm I would just watch Game not of Thrones. Into the fantasy stuff. But if it was science fiction, I'd be like totally on board. I love knights. <laughs> I watch anything with like yeah, swords yeah. and shields and shit, but not not when it's got the supernatural element. Yeah. I can't handle it. Well, that's the thing, like, you know, like, I've made this same argument with uh, Nicolette, because she's, like, very anti-fantasy and sci-fi for Mm. whatever reason, and it's like, like, you know, good sci-fi or fantasy is not about dragons or magic, it's about the people and their relationships and how they deal with these external forces that are acting on them. Mm. Which applies to Game of Thrones. Exactly. It's a political show. Yeah, it's very much a political show, and, like, and, like... With dragons, yeah, but there's there's only three dragons. They're not they're not around that often. Magic. Everything you hear about though is the dragons. Well, like from an outside perspective, all oh, I ever sure, hear is sure. yeah. the dragons, and then there's that guy who's like white yeah. and like zombified looking. That's all I ever see. You know? Yeah, and like, and that's the thing about like any fan base. Like, there's the stuff that they're all talking about that you have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. But a lot of times, the people who are loudest are not talking about the things that really you know make the show work or make make them keep coming back right you know it's it's the talking points the water water cooler moments at the office i do love uh a lot of the uh people involved or who have been involved with the show and i watched Mm. the first episode when it first aired Mm. thinking that you know it might be something for me but it just never didn't pan out for me but i like peter dinklage for for example for sure uh I forget who, what his name is, but he's a British actor. He was in, um, he was the villain in Last Action Hero. I know he's in Charles it. Dance. Yeah, I love Charles Dance. So, yeah. um, but I just, I don't know. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> hey, before we move on, can I ask a uh, young Kevin a question? <laughs> Aren't I older than you? Yeah, he means the young so version I'm asking, of you. I'm asking right, right, right. a twenty, twenty-year-old oh, version of you. Sure. Uh, were you the kind of guy that was driving by the Barnes and Nobles for the? Uh, Midnight releases of the Harry Potter books, <laughs> yelling "Dumbledore's dead." No. Oh. Okay. No. I. Got, um, I remember getting some of those. I I I appreciate Harry Potter for what it is. I'm not that huge a fan. Um, and you know, again, I'm not against Harry Potter, but I just don't have like. Or like the. You know, uh, Brian Posehn in his stand-up would talk about driving by the the lines going into Star Wars mm. and screaming out Star Trek sucks just to piss them <laughs> off because they get all confused and they get ang- more right, angry right, because right. you don't understand what they like. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. 
No, never, no, never did any drive-bys for people waiting in line. <laughs> That's a lot of a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like, yeah. Drive, I gotta go, gotta go over to the it. line. It's almost there. just as much yeah. passion as the people waiting in line. Yeah, yeah. Because like, especially now, like you know, unless you were going to like um, celebrity theaters, like you couldn't like reasonably yell something at people in line because like the um, you know the AMC theaters, like you'd have to like get up on the curb yeah. to reach the audience. You get a so, megaphone. Yeah, yeah, megaphone. These are like the people, but who like would... they always have cops around. So. Yeah, yeah, you'd get, you'd get and like, up. yeah, and like Taser. Perkins Row, the same thing. Like you'd have to like drive up into this like foyer <laughs> yeah. to like <laughs> to get to into people. people. Yeah, it's exactly. like the people who would like buy Xboxes or whatever when they launched and then mm. destroy them outside. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're, you're paying a shitload of money. <laughs> you know how many hits they're getting on YouTube though? <laughs> it's paying for itself, man. <laughs> I was like, can I get the controller, please? And they just destroy the controller in front of them. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, so pre-order my PlayStation 5, get famous. Exactly, mm. exactly. Destroy it. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ang Lee's new uh, action sci-fi thriller, Gemini Man, just dropped the trailer this week, uh, starring uh, Will Smith and a digitally de-aged Will Smith in a Looper-esque scenario. <laughs> Uh, and I, as I understand it, Jr. and I are the only ones who watch this trailer. But what do you think of this, Jr.? I mean, it definitely looks like a Looper light. Yeah. And uh, for the first minute where they're showing young or de-aged Will Smith, like as he's talking in a chair, he looks awful. Yes. Yes. Then he starts to look better. And I, I well, agree. And I wondered, is he, does he look better as it goes along, or am I just getting used to it? That's a good. Tell. That's a good question. Or is it the fact that every other time you see him, he's moving around a lot? Yeah. And it's like action yeah, the, scenes and stuff, you know? The DH close-ups might be a bad idea. It's brutal looking at the beginning. I agree. It, it reminded me of, like, uh, Jeff Bridges in the beginning of Tron. You know, it's just, it does not yes. look great. And it, it, like I said in the post on the Filmiac blog at filmiac.podient.co, uh, it, it makes me worried about The Irishman, the upcoming Scorsese picture in which De Niro and Keitel and Joe Pesci and uh, Pacino are all supposed to be de-aged. Yeah, Did and honestly, if if there's a director I would trust to handle like the computer de aging thing, it'd be Ang Lee more than Martin Scorsese. Mm. Yeah, I worry. I worry. Uh, yeah. Although, I mean, the, the, you know, I never saw. Um, I'm sure you did. I never saw Hugo, but I, I hear. I understand. As I understand, it's one of the better 3D films, and he actually like everybody I've talked to said like he uses the 3D in interesting ways and stuff. So like you know, I don't know. He did. The I, technology I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I need to watch it again. I uh, have owned it on Blu-ray since before Fye closed, so quite a while. But I have never <laughs> watched it. Um, I'm not sure how how well it would work in 2D, but you know. Anyway, uh, well, let's just uh, jump into what we watched. I guess uh, who wants to kick us off here? Actually, you know what? Not to you know QB the situation, but like Kevin, you you fit, you watched Triple Frontier, yeah. And I finished Triple Frontier. So let's, for the All third right. week, for the third episode in a row, let's talk Triple like, Frontier. Yes. <laughs> well, sorry. See? Triple? Three? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's our series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just, I'll start by saying what I said in my letterbox review. Like, it wants to be Sicario so bad. Sure. Like, the helicopter shots of the convoys and everything, and like, mm. you know, the kind of darker tone, you know, I think the cinematography is... Yeah, like yeah, they clearly are, are lifting a lot of their ideas and aesthetics. From yeah, but it's it's so poorly written. Like, I agree. I think the script is its biggest problem. Still, oh, for sure. Even and, having finished it, it's, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and 
and even like the the scenarios that they're put in, like you're gonna tell me like these like was it four or five guys? I think it's five guys, right? Yeah, these five guys are supposed to be quote unquote the best at what they do in these paramilitary operations. They're not gonna have like some badass helicopter just on standby that can, you know, take them like from South America to China and back and without refueling. I really hate the idea. It was a rush job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I really hate the idea that like they like how fast Ben Affleck loses control of mm. like like just loses control to greed. Like I like the idea of of the greed part of it because it almost reminded me that that part of it like. The part of the story of that reminds me of like Sorcerer or something where yeah, like these yeah. guys are kind of like losing it because of the situation. But it's it's not inter- it's not it doesn't make sense because they're all so supposed to be like so uber professional. And it's like mm. they, when the guy starts yelling at Ben Affleck, like, you don't go over time. You never have gone over time. It's like, yeah, he shouldn't go over time. It's like it doesn't make sense for his character. Right. That suddenly it's just like, oh, there's more money. Let's they're take more money. It's blinded just, by greed. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, yeah. It's, it's so like on point and on the nose. It's just lame. I don't. I don't yeah. Know and especially like up until then, he had he had been the most professional of all of them. Yeah. And like. He's the, the one organizing cautious. the whole thing. Yeah, talking about the times and everything and how we mm-hmm. should, you know, all, everything we should be doing and act like professional. It's just like, yeah, and all of yeah. a sudden he's just like, no, I, I, there's a 15-minute cushion. Let's grab more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, spoiler alert, like, when he, like, he's the one who gets shot in the jungle by, you know, some random kid. Yeah, brutal. From, from a cocaine field. It's like, okay, like... As writers, you guys sat down and decided to kill the one guy with kids, the one guy with something to lose. Yeah. So you guys are obviously just trying to pull on our heartstrings. But at this point, we don't care about Ben Affleck. I hate Ben Affleck at that yeah. point. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's, especially he's since, lost especially all since, credibility. Especially not only because he, he was and greedy. And his family hates him, too. Exactly. Right. Not he, only because he was greedy and he robbed and he... Uh, uh, you know, destroyed the helicopter pretty much single handedly by loading it too much and everything. But also on top of that, killing innocent people yeah, when just he didn't killing villagers. To. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I when like, I who, listen- who shot first? I don't remember. Uh, like, <laughs> you you clearly shot first. Like you are Han Solo right. in this scenario. I just don't. Yeah, it's it's like and uh, according to J C Shandor in the director thing that I listened to where he was getting interviewed by Tony Gilroy he claims that uh, he, he liked he liked that whole section because uh, he thought it was like he looked at it like the US killing innocent people and what the US does is that they go in they kill innocent people and then they pay the government as a, as a way to you know, make it all better. We'll just give you a bunch of money and we'll give you a bunch of food and supplies and shit like that. And we'll, uh, federal aid and stuff. And it's, it's the same thing that happens in the film, Oscar Isaac, and then they pay them off. Right. But it's yeah. like, it's just like, I get that as like commentary, but it just doesn't, it's not, it's not interesting to watch, especially when this movie doesn't need commentary. I agree. It's yeah, like, it should yeah. be an action movie. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about politi- politics and all this bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see them annihilate these, narco guys and get the money <laughs> you know especially at the end when uh, when they go down and, and, and they come back from the reconnaissance mission to the town and they're like there's you know like 50 guys and I was like yes this is going to be great there's going to be an amazing shootout they're going to have to go through they're going to mow everybody down but then you realize oh no there's two professionals the rest of them are kids they're not going to kill any of these people well I'm not killing anybody else let's just get out of here and then they just fucking drive for 10 minutes to the ocean and the movie's over <laughs> I mean yeah, and like boring piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and uh like I can't tell you like 
like right after they got right after they got the money and they they got away. They're waiting on the chopper. I paused it because I had to pee. I saw that there was like more than half of the movie left, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. This is inexcusable. Movies are too long, man. Yeah, too long. Yeah, because this was like two ten. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, like. And did, did, yeah. do, do, you, do you see the uh, the connection to the town, the the terrible Ben Affleck movie, The Town? No, oh, no, I didn't. Or Oscar Isaac? I shoots, never saw the. He town. shoots the engine of the the one people so they can't drive. Yeah, remember in the town where they, they won't kill cops, so they just shoot their engine. He's like engine blocks, engine blocks. They just shoot the engines. Let's move on from that. That hurts me. <laughs> that physically pains yeah. me. Okay, so we're done talking uh, Triple Frontier forever. So forever. You, you gave it a two, right? Yeah, I, I think I went two and a half, and I think John went two and a half. Yeah, it was probably uh, like two and a half. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's got good parts. But I mean, it's, it's a just, good looking movie. It's, yeah, it's fairly well acted. I like mm. Oscar Isaac. I like. I, I think uh, most of the actors Charlie were pretty okay. decent. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't bad. It was just. The material yeah, they had to work with was terrible. Mark yeah. Bull is a shit writer. I think they Stop tried their, letting this guy write movies. They tried their best. Yeah. Last little note, J.C. Shandor, you need to turn off your iPod. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Mu- oh, the music. Oh, my God. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> Terrible. Like <laughs> the Metallica at the beginning? What the hell? <laughs> fucking, dude. like, that was shit. And then, you know, like. It was just song after song after song. I was like, what is happening? I forgot yeah. all about that. And Disaster like, does the score, and the score is shitty, too. The score, the score is shit. And then, like, you know, of course. Hey, they're driving into the Brazilian jungle. Pop the credence. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. let's let's cut this yes, off. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The music are... choices would make sense if these guys were all in their like sixties and they're all like you yeah, know, yeah, like, Gulf War vets or something. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. If this was a Vietnam movie, sure. sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah, you could play Credence all day long in a Vietnam yeah, movie. Of course. You should play Credence all day long in a Vietnam movie. Do you guys remember All Is Lost? Yeah, I didn't see it. Haven't seen it. Man, that was good. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Robert Redford. Yeah. Oh, I like the most just, violent year. I I, mean, I remember liking like it, it too. That's the only other thing I've seen by Chandor. But, yeah. Uh, I've wanted to see All's Lost. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. Well, uh, who wants to continue? I guess Jonathan, you continue, man. Sure, I'll go ahead. Uh, I watched American Gangster. Like, is that the first time? A month ago. So this is going to be kind of rough. Um, <laughs> so your first time seeing? First time I saw it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um. It was pretty good though. Like it's again crazy long. Yeah. I think it's almost mm. three hours. Yeah, it's pretty long. Um, you know, it's it's good though. It's got like the Scorsese kind of like side to it, where it's like just showing this guy's entire life or whatever. But like a lot more violent than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's got uh, some good crazy good, violent good at gun stuff, um, mm-hmm. especially at the end. And Denzel is just ruthless, <laughs> just brutal. When he kills Idris Elba, insane. <laughs> so good yeah um, like, that's blows his head off in the street <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite like parts of like just about any movie and like that's that's how you show a character who has power mm-hmm. just drags a guy out onto a street corner pops him walks back into the restaurant that's amazing i was waiting for something to happen with that mm. like oh the cops are gonna question him no, later he's, and he's, like, he's no, untouchable that part of it is gone like mm-hmm. it's done <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think the part i the least the thing i like least about the film was russell crowe Really? I, yeah. I actually like thought he was okay. I just remember. I, I honestly haven't seen it since oh yeah, seven. Okay. But but <laughs> as I recall, he was my least. I, I liked Josh Brolin in it. I liked Denzel in it. I liked Ruby D. I yeah. remember she got a lot. Of, she got an Oscar nomination. I liked Chiwetel Ejiofor was in it. I liked him. But I remember not not loving. He uh, he's not bad. Crow. Josh Brolin is is pretty intimidating. Yeah. Like he, he's he's really good in it. Scary guy. But uh, yeah. no, I didn't think he was bad at all. It was okay. I need to watch it again. It's uh, been a long yes. Yeah, very entertaining though. I very watched it when we were living in the studio, actually, yeah. illegally on some streaming site. 
Yeah. Mm. It was a beautiful digital copy, though. It looked great. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Uh, solid watch. Cool, man. Nice. That's, that's really cool. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say a lot about, like, I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse like 17 times because we <laughs> oh, watched right. it with, our, with my students. Uh <laughs> And talk about spoiling. Like, these kids just love to just say everything that happens right before it happens. Oh, he's dead. He about to die. You know, it's just like, ugh. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, this movie, a lot of uh, a lot of praise for this film. Won the Oscar for mm. Best Animated Film. Probably deservedly so. I don't know. Um, looks, I would disagree, but looks you know, good. I'm biased. I, well, you want a, the yeah. Wes Anderson movie. Of course. This looks very uh, fine. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm on the fence about the, uh, like, the, the kind of what his screen is doing right now, like the jerkiness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember watching the trailer and being kind of put off by it. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's, it's you get used to it. Though? You kind of forget that it's happening okay. until there's like a scene where there's no action and then people are just talking and then it's like more jittery looking. But I do want to see it. Um, it's very. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. This is what I didn't expect. Very funny, trying to be funny, <laughs> and uh, succeeds in being funny a lot of the times. Jake Johnson gone. Has, oh, we just lost Jr. <laughs> Is he calling back? back? Yeah, he's calling back. This is JR calling back. Ding, ding, ding. Hang on one second. Waiting for JR. Hey. Jay? You guys All heard is that John saw a uh, Spider Man movie. Yeah, into the Spider Verse. <laughs> into the Spider Verse. Uh, I was just saying that Jake, Jake Johnson, as the uh, alternate reality Spider Man, quite funny in the film. I thought his voice performance was excellent. And. Mm. Uh, by far like the highlight of the film i thought chris pine as spider-man was on the other hand like really corny and awful even though he's barely in it but like <laughs> just like the way the way <laughs> whenever he first notices the the kid who has the spider powers and it's like their their spider senses go off and he goes i thought i was the only one you're like me <laughs> it's, it's like are, are you peter parker you're supposed to be like a smart ass like jerk off like like deadpool yeah. almost you know but uh and that's the way jake johnson pull, portrays it and it's a lot better it's more interesting and mm, funny and uh, i really enjoyed that but you know there are parts of it that i really i i just don't i don't get the i guess just because it's different like people think mm. that it's like a mind-blowing because it's like whoa they you know they're killing one of the spider-mans and there's all these different spider-mans it's just like i mean yeah but it's like they can they can do that. It's an animated movie, you know. I'm sure yeah. they, they wouldn't give a fuck if this thing didn't even, you know, make it. But I'm sure they're glad that it did. Hmm. Uh, you know, so it was fine. But I didn't rate it because I, like I said, I watched it with like kids who were talking the whole time and shit. Right. Jr. All right. So I saw uh, High Life, and I I'm did not too. supposed to talk about it. No, you guys uh, can talk about uh, it. Uh, I and it. I'm not. Well, I was, I was gonna say I didn't. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. But I did see it in like a beautiful like old ass theater in Denver. Mm. It was really cool. You and watched that it theater, on 720p or something? <laughs> I downloaded it on Pirate Bay. Boring. Watched it uh watched it on uh Apple AirPlay from my computer. <laughs> Did it look okay? The ver- it looked like a Blu-ray to me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't have any problem with it at all? Nice. Maybe like a like a like a shit Blu-ray, but <laughs> mm. So, this theater though during the summer is showing um they're doing like a, a Wednesday night like a classic thing, and they're showing Stalker and Days of Heaven and Persona. Just go ahead and cut, turn him off. Go. Yeah, just go. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Jr. You're fired. <laughs> Days of Heaven in the theater. Fuck you. Dude. So I'll uh, I'll let you guys know what those but, look like. Yeah, but that's gonna be. I mean, okay. Let's that's be cool, honest though. though. Like they're gonna show Days of Heaven in theater. You're gonna be watching the Criterion disc of Days of Heaven on a big screen. 
Yeah, who cares? That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it's like it's not like you're yeah, going to be watching I mean, a film print of it or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, to be fair, like um like I can like from experience at Perkins Row at least, having seen Vertigo and Sunset Boulevard there, like fucking amazing yeah. theatrical experience. Yeah. The fucking audience. Oh, I want to kill every single one of these old fuckers. Absolutely. I mean, Blade Runner and Dolby was was incredible. But that's different, though. They actually re-released that. That was like a pristine digital uh, whatever, you know, like they do with digital movies now in the theater. Right, right, right. I'm saying with Days of Heaven, it's not an official re-release. They're doing a series at that local theater, so Mm. they're probably going to be watching a disc, which is not not to take it away from you, JR. It's awesome. I'm very jealous of you. Uh, you know, the Criterion disc was really good. So. It is, it is. I've I've watched yeah. it many times. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, like I want I to go see Lawrence of Arabia at Perkins Row in September, but I don't think I can deal four with four hours. <laughs> well, f- four hours is fine. Four hours of those people, though. Four hours of those people? No, I went and saw uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and it was an absolute nightmare. Like it was, it was packed to the brim and everybody was saying every line like four seconds before it happened oh yeah, it was yeah. A nightmare. But that's that's not gonna happen with days of heaven might happen with stalker you never know no <laughs> totally gonna happen we, we with stalker. saw stalker in no, the theater and <laughs> were there like seven people there yeah yeah <laughs> it was like it was like a fucking like mausoleum it was like, it was like it's gonna be dead a- silent like there's going to be, gonna be like 10 people that there. have memorized all the Russian dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I saw, uh, actually, my wife and I were just talking about this yesterday with my dad. We went and saw The Shining at uh, Movie Tavern, and we were the only ones in the theater. Nobody, oh, even, nice. nobody even showed oh. up. So that was awesome. What else are they showing, Jared? I don't remember. I mean, it's like a two-month series. Cool. But, mm. uh that's cool. I just those wish are, we had those shit are the like three I wanted to go to. I wish they, I wish they had movies like they'll do. They do those series here, but they always play Ferris Bueller's Day Off and fucking Back to the Future and Superman. It's like the same fucking seven movies over and over and over again. They do them a lot in Austin too. Casablanca. Like they get a yeah. The yeah. Li- like Linklater will come out and yeah. like present like movies and shit. Well, because like, he lives there. Yeah, yeah. It's really awesome. It's like how um, how Tarantino does the New Beverly. Like he'll he does like yeah. his own. Uh, his own series and that he curates, yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. sure is mostly bullshit because he likes a lot of trash B movies. But like, you know, it's, yeah. it's probably some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Kevin. So I'll go ahead and talk about my uh, finally finished my Cohen Brothers list, and like when I was rewatching, like the first time I saw Hail Caesar, like I remember. Thinking like, oh, you know, this is okay. It's not not amazing. But like going back and watching it now, I have so much more appreciation for everything that's going on in this movie. Like the little, like the little scenes that they're like paying homage to, like the old old Hollywood stuff, looks fucking beautiful and so well executed. It's just amazing. And like even the uh like the actual like story going going on is actually like you know like there's not a whole lot going on so it's not super you know you know grabbing but it's still really interesting with the the uh communists and them kidnapping George Clooney and like even even the little touches like you know hail caesar a tale of the christ and you know Josh Brolin meeting with the uh with the religious people and juggling the um Juggling the press and everything, like, and Brolin is fucking great. He was so good in this movie, and yeah, like your, it's your list, man. I mean, not to cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your list is so bizarre to me. 
Like I, I mean, you know, obviously, well, like, to each I, his own. And you love certain films that I, I clearly, I don't have as much of an appreciation for. But right, like, right, like just the fact that like the man who wasn't there, Hudsucker, like your last three would be so much higher for me. Okay, and I've never seen Intolerable Cruelty, but that was another one that I high. didn't, I didn't expect to like it on the second viewing as much as I did. But like, it's very, very well done. Like Clooney is so good in that. Yeah. Like, you know, just being you know, the quirky kind of Coen brothers character, but he's very affecting and like the, the story is very well put together, you know, for like what could be considered, you know, kind of a throwaway, you know, romantic comedy. It's actually very well done. Yeah. Um, and that was a kind kind of the thing with like some of these, like, like Lewin Davis down to like true grit. Like I can appreciate them. At, well, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. True grit. Um, like those were all fours, so those were like a little bit harder to like like. Okay, they're all definitely fours, but like, how do I how do I like say one? Mm-hmm. How much how much do I really enjoy one over the other? Um, and yeah, like, um, and to address Lady Killers, I think sure. the problem the problem with Lady Killers is not the Coen Brothers. The problem is the story of the Lady Killers. The whole, like, you know, these... Um, criminals? Criminal, like, well, these, you know, these bumbling criminals sure. trying trying to not only rob a place, but also, you know, juggle this this old lady that they're, that they're trying to bilk as well. And it's like, it just doesn't, like, I've seen the original, and that was, like, okay. And this one, like, again, is just okay. And, like, the thing that detracted to, for me... The most with this was Damon Wayans. He just sticks out like Marlin. a sore thumb. Marlon. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, he just sticks out like a th- sore thumb. I, and like his comedy doesn't yeah. like just does not fit in with the rest. I don't disagree that he sticks out, but that's that's kind of what I like about his character in particular is that like you wouldn't expect like a I don't even know like a you know urban black uh, right. you know, rapper or whatever kind of character in a Coen Brothers film. Yeah, and I find it interesting that they wrote a character like that. You know, and I'm I, I'm obviously in the extreme minority who likes Lady Killers quite a bit, and uh, <laughs> having seen it multiple times, and I just I just feel like it holds up. I, I find it very funny. I love Tom mm. Hanks in it. Uh, so I like Tom Hanks as well, and um, uh, J.K. Simmons yeah. and the General. <laughs> um, yeah, the. Uh, I, you know, it looks it looks great. I I just like for as long as it is, and the story itself, like I just don't think like it just doesn't come together. And that's for me. yeah, that's fine. I think that that's a, a sentiment that's shared by a, a lot of people, most yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, No Country is definitely number one. Yeah, I think, uh, and I really like was so enthusiastic about a serious man the second time I saw it. It was. I, so I'm surprised at how how high. It, Buster Scruggs is also for for it being something. Is that recency bias or is that a situation where you actually think that'll? I mean, will you, have you watched it again? I haven't watched it again, but it's so it's so fresh in my mind, and I remember liking it. Like you know, yeah. like in my memory now, it's still a four and a half. So right, yeah. I mean, I liked it a lot for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a good list, man. Cool. I don't agree with it, but it's good. <laughs> His number one's yeah, right. Jordan didn't agree with it either. So well, we can get we can get into uh, more disagreements over lists when uh, Jr. gets to his uh, bullshit Kubrick list that he made. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well, the one that he updated because he had he had it for a while, yeah. and then he I guess just decided to watch the short films. 
And Killer's Kiss. And, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Seafarer's Union film that you watched on the uh, <laughs> Fear and Desire extras. Uh, Jonathan, who's chugging water as we speak. Go ahead, bud. There's that wet mouth. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> watched, uh, my God, what did I watch? He forgot already. It's just on his. It's, it, it's, it's very forgettable, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, 2008, Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, Valkyrie. Uh, Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah. Oh. Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Former director Brian Singer. <laughs> his career is over. But. Current rapist or whatever? Yeah, he's a. <laughs> Former director, current rapist. Um, <laughs> continuing rapist? Accused rapist. Yeah, continue. <laughs> Future rapist. <laughs> um, yeah, this was okay. Um, Tom Cruise. I, honestly, like everybody, like all the Nazis, I guess, in the movie were just ridiculous. Like, n- n- like they just weren't portrayed accurately. Who I else feel. we got? Is, is Kenneth Branagh in this? I think. I think. Who so. else is it? I want to say Terrence Stamp is in there. A bunch Ed, of people, yeah. dude. I don't know. Yeah. And Eddie Izzard. That's right. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of. Maybe instead of Kenneth yeah. Branagh, maybe it was uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, I get them yeah. confused. Eddie Izzard, yeah. <laughs> Multiple Academy Award uh, winner Kenneth Branagh, right? And cross-dressing comedian Eddie Izzard. <laughs> yes, yes. It was just weird. I don't know. The Nazis just weren't like evil enough, I guess. Even though they were trying to kill Hitler, it was just like kind of like they're good Nazis. It's, yeah, it's, it's just weird. I don't know. And yeah, like, yeah. It just wasn't. And I've seen like a lot of like History Channel stuff on this, and it just it mm. just felt like watered down. Doesn't it? Feel, I agree. I mean, it's a Hollywood movie. It feels like, like Tom Cruise is like horrendously miscast. Yeah, and it feels like you mm. couldn't make the movie without him at the time. And it's like Tom Cruise like has done no evil. Like he 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 was like tricked into being a Nazi. That's what it feels <laughs> like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and it's like he's with his family, and they're hiding mm. from the bombs. And it's like, what the fuck are we watching? Like it was really strange. Yeah, but uh, when he speaks German at the beginning too, it's so stilted. And it's weird. weird. Sounding. It is so weird. And there's like so many different like weird accents. Mm. Like people like just go in and out of like British <laughs> accents, and shit. it's just I, it's just very strange. Uh, yeah, I didn't like it very much. Mm. Gave it a two and a half or two. Ouch. Mm. Two, two. Well, that happens. Yeah. I uh, signed up. I'm a charter member subscriber of the Criterion channel. Huh? Congratulations nice. to me. Nice and brag. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> so I was watching um, a quick plug for the greatest thing to have happened to me in the last few months, Split Screen, uh, a mm-hmm. great show Very that good. is all the seasons are on Criterion channel. Never heard of it before. It was on IFC, apparently, back in the late 90s. And it is phenomenal. Just a lot of fun to watch. Some, you know, sometimes they do like little skits and stuff that aren't funny, but for the most part, they're you know talking to filmmakers and they're talking about movies and indie movies and it's just good stuff. And uh, they talked to Terry's Wygoff in one of the first episodes, and they were talking about Louis Bluey, and I realized I'd never seen Louis Bluey, so I watched it on the Criterion Channel. It's like sixty-five minutes long, and it's a documentary about a, you know, what you call he's not a jazz musician, he's like a country bluegrass kind of guy mm. but he's been playing since you know like the 30s mm. and that this movie was made in the 80s and um he's just a really interesting character he's funny and he's got really weird opinions about things and he's living in like close to poverty but he wears like these ridiculous suits all the time <laughs> <clears throat> and he's always like playing cards and shit and eating fried chicken and whatnot and uh it's just a really interesting portrait of a guy and uh you can see where he went like from this to crumb you can see a lot of parallels with just like uh, interviewing eccentric characters and treating them with a lot of respect and gravitas, but it's pretty solid. Give it a four. Sweet, Jer. 
All right, I watched a, uh, I watched a, a recent classic, the uh, the Mule, mm-hmm. directed by <laughs> Clint Eastwood. You know, you say that like like you know that one of his better films recently. Come on, it, oh, abs- absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think it's like his best directed one since Letters from Iwo Jima. Maybe I, I would know. go Changeling because I haven't seen Letters from Iwo Jima, but for me, it's Changeling. Yeah, didn't love Changeling. I didn't love it, um, but it's it was better than million dollar baby for me so yeah and it's definitely his best performance in like decades oh yeah he's i love that he's uh vulnerable in it yeah like and he's just like a total like he's almost like goofy at times he's not serious at all (laughs) it's great (laughs) no and he's also like a a dick bag too yeah and and of course that's like part of the conflict you know he's doing all this uh, drug shit for his family at, at first. And then it's like for his f- friends on, on a whim. Uh, but it, it is weird. Like Clint Eastwood is a thousand year old florist. <laughs> I, thought the, <laughs> I thought like the flower decision was kind of weird. Hmm. Um, well, that's a true story. JR. Oh, right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they changed nothing. Um, I don't think they changed like much. I mean, I, I think uh, outside, I mean outside of the you know the cartel stuff that obviously they probably yeah. wouldn't know about, but you know. But then like uh, this random encounter at his granddaughter's like engagement party, maybe. Yeah. Just leads him to driving uh, drugs across the Midwest for the Mexican cartel. <laughs> just like this one random dude walks up to him, like sees that he's like got all his shit in his truck, and like, hey, I know a job where you can just drive. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. And that's like, <laughs> that's how things happen sometimes. And I, yeah. And I guess like when I, when I jokingly say it's a modern classic, it's just, this movie is so fucking weird and it is. <laughs> and just like, it's so unexpected from, from Clint Eastwood that it's just, I don't, I don't even know what to think of it. Um, and yeah, you know, so he's just driving drugs and, uh, you know, he's an old guy and he like makes stupid jokes to the Mexican cartel guys. And some of them, end up liking him and some of them end up hating him and then andy garcia really likes him and he's the boss so and then clifton collins is in there and he's wasted did you um, know do you know that clifton collins is his son-in-law garcia or eastwood eastwood wow oh he's he's married to the daughter yeah huh like in reality Who's also in the movie yeah she's his daughter in the film is she yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah i don't she's terrible alice? <laughs> i don't remember yeah allison eastwood yeah yeah she's really bad his son's terrible um, and the, too, and what the few things that I've seen him in, Scott Eastwood, yeah, they're awful. <laughs> the uh, the granddaughter, like I think her name is Tysa Formiga, maybe. Oh yeah, oh, she's yeah, yeah. also quite bad. Um, in fact, I totally understood why Eastwood had a history of not hanging out with his family. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and then I guess so. Like Bradley Cooper is the DEA agent on the case. And I liked his him plot in it line, too. I like Bradley Cooper. I just never thought this like plot was woven in very well. Mm-hmm. Like every time we go to him, I don't really want to be there. And then he's got like some like half-hearted conflict with his family that he and Eastwood end up talking about when they don't know who each other are. And I was like, this is a, I don't love this moment. Yeah. Um, in the Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Clint Eastwood, I like, I legitimately thought he was really good. I don't think this movie is really good, but I liked Eastwood a lot. I'm with you. Yeah, three out of five. Solid. Cool. Kevin? So, uh, watched a couple of De Palma films first. Snake Eyes. 
which I had yeah. which I had seen I had seen before. Very very good. I like it's all the all, like all the tracking shots. Um, Cage. I mean, he's fucking Nicholas Cage. A genius. In yes, this film. he was. He was great. He and Sinise. Yeah, crank yeah. it out of the park on this one for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Dress to Kill, which is less of a masterpiece. Less, <laughs> much less of a masterpiece. Like the the thing, the funny thing about this movie was like I'm not going to reveal the twist, but because there's a twist, like you, it changes literally like just about everything you think up until that twist about the movie and what's going on with the characters. Because yeah. before that, you think like, what the fuck? Why are why is everyone in this movie so fucking dumb and bad at their jobs? <laughs> Um, but yeah. then, you know, but then, you know, things reveal themselves and you're like, okay, well That's now, right. now I understand. Um, but yeah, but like, like that really, like that really detracted from it for me. Um, I can never remember the guy's name. I want to say Pino, the guy who scored a bunch of Scorsese. Penis? What is it? Penis. <laughs> penis. He scored. Penis Grino. He scored. Um, he scored Scorsese's films? No, um, uh, De Palma's films. Sorry. Uh, he scored, he, you know, like Carrie and uh, Blowout and this one and um, Italian guy. Um, like, like the Italian guy? Like, Italian, it, uh, yeah. let me, yeah, you know, about, the, the Italian no, guy. No, I'm saying like the, um, like I don't the, remember this movie. Let me see. Where is it? Where oh, Dinaggio. Pino Dinaggio. Yeah, Pino Dinaggio. Like, his scores are literally the same fucking thing in every movie. Like yeah. these, like these ultra sweet pseudo romantic things and then like you know these like in the tense moments there are these bernard herman ripoffs and like it's just they're so bad um and then like the ending of it which is like another 25 minutes out of the way just to end up spoiler alert on this part at least uh there's another twist that this whole 25 minutes that we just got dragged through was a dream sequence <laughs> then for the movie to end yeah that like that just about killed it for I me. didn't hate it when I watched it but I certainly wasn't in love with it I, I expected yeah. to like it a lot more than I did I feel like every mm. time De Palma, every time I watch something that De Palma wrote it's not as good as things when he's just directing like when he's directing David Kep's scripts for Carlito's Way and Snake Eyes or uh, Mission Impossible, you know, it's mm. like he tends to be, he, he's a great visual artist, and I don't know that he's that but great of a writer. <laughs> a lot of those I, I ones that he agree. wrote, a lot of them are just like trying to do some Hitchcock shit. Right. For sure. Like this was Lur- very Lur- obviously. Lurid Hitchcock though, like with lots oh, yeah, of yeah. sex and, yeah. you know, yeah, violence. This yeah, one yeah. is like, there's some best. No. Yeah, like the the woman not really a spoiler alert, but the woman who makes it like half hour into the movie and then gets murdered. Like they're, you know, at the very beginning, like she's having a dream and like, there's a shot that holds on her boobs for like yeah. way too great, long. Great opening scene. Great opening scene. <laughs> Love that scene. The yeah. shower. <laughs> yeah. Like, like 10 minutes of a lady shower. Yeah. And, and like, and yeah, like she like, she like wakes up from a dream where like her husband's like looking at her as she's being murdered in the shower. And like, you know, cut to like literally, like she wakes up from that dream and then they have sex and it's like, hang on, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and like, did you watch the Criterion disc of this? Uh, no. Okay. This this was just regular run of the mill Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's got. I've got the Criterion Blu-ray. Mm. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, Snake Eyes is much better. And <laughs> you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm lo- Snake Eyes is top tier, my friend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Scarface again because I think that's that's a movie that I don't remember loving. Actually, I remember thinking it's pretty bad, but I think now I'll have a much better appreciation for everything that's going on. So. I think if you watch it and don't know who De Palma is, it comes off as bad. And then if you when you see if you can see what he's doing in it, it makes mm. it more interesting. Yeah, because like, that was probably the first De Palma. No, first De Palma film was definitely Mission Impossible, but that was probably the that second you one. saw. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's probably something like that for me too. Mm. I def I remember renting Scarface. And hating it, and then renting it like a few years later, and loving it, and then renting a few years later, and hating it, and then you know I mean? like I went back and forth and back and forth. And now, right. now I just think it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Right, it's all right. Yeah, it's got some amazing moments. And right. Pacino, his performance isn't crazy and over the top, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and looking forward to hearing some more Giorgio, Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. yeah, that's actually who I thought you were talking about. I was trying to think of like oh yeah the, yeah yeah the, the Italian guy, you know, Maroder, right? Yeah. John, um. Rewatched Jaws. I'm not going to talk about this too much because we've, I think we've talked enough about Jaws, right? Forever. Yeah, I guess we like have. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on the fence about this movie. I really kind of think it's overrated. You're on my side about yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of am. Like, I, I just don't. <laughs> it's just like, it's grossly overrated. Yeah, um, it's just a run of the mill. Very run of the mill. <laughs> thriller from the 70s. Big fucking deal. <laughs> Some cool, really cool characters. Um, A shit score. <laughs> just some ridiculous scenes, though. Like, like when they're running out of the water, like for the fake uh, shark sighting oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so like ridiculous. There's like 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 close ups on the old people like going like you know like like and I'm just like what is? It's just so cor- it's like really corny and like ultra dated. I don't know. Yeah. Just yeah, not liking it. I'm with you, bud. Gave it a three. Suck on that. Probably Film never fans. Probably never watch it again, to be honest. But uh I think three is generous. Um Okay. Well uh I uh <laughs> I watched Seth- We're gonna have Jonathan strung up by his Buster Browns. <laughs> I uh I watched Secretary and then after, directly after I watched Secretary, I felt like watched I need, it again. I need to do, do a little uh, homework. So uh, I decided to watch some uh, some other sexually deviant films or c- with characters who are sexually deviant. So the first one I watched was Crash by oh, Cronenberg, which cool. has Spader oh, yeah. Never as a uh, weird fetish guy, you know, uh, who's, yeah. I just want to ask you, like, just right off the bat. Go ahead. How much anal is there in the movie? Because mu- there is a shit ton. No pun intended. There is a shit ton of anal fingering in that book. Good God! Uh, Lots like I like. There's a lot of discussion of, of anuses in the film. Okay, okay. And there's uh, one scene of anal penetration, but you don't see it happening. I mean, is it, it the J.G. Ballard? Yeah, okay, J.G. Yeah. Ballard. Yeah. There's a so this is a this is of course the controversial 1996 film from Cronenberg about uh, people who are turned on by watching car crashes, being in car crashes, fucking people who have been maimed in car crashes. Um, <laughs> And uh, I had never seen it before, and I've had it. I, th- I, ha- I had the idea to watch it because of Secretary. I was like, "Well, I should watch that finally because it's you know it's a it's like a chain reaction. It's Spader and it's mm. sex, weird sex stuff." And I just absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, could not get enough of it. It you know what it is? It's this might be unfair, uh, but it reminds me of, and I, I don't want to turn anybody off here. 
but it reminds me of Lynch so much in a good way because it's like like all of Lynch's films they're surreal they're surreal films right yeah. but they're not they're not taking necessarily place in a surreal reality they're just the characters are surreal and they exist in a normal reality and that's what's strange about them right mm. like in Blue Velvet yes Blue Velvet is taking place in this idealistic kind of 50s whatever yeah. but at the same time, it's like there are characters off to the side who are just like normal people. And even Kyle MacLachlan is just kind of a normal guy. He's just in this weird situation, you know? Yeah. And uh, even Mulholland Drive and stuff, they're in diners with normal people who are the waitresses. Nobody, not, not everybody's acting bizarre. Certain people are. And it reminds me of this movie in, in that there are characters like the, the main characters in this film are very strange, a lot of them. Uh but the reality—the reality they exist in—is just—it's Toronto. It's, like it's just like a normal, yeah. Mm. It's, it's just like a normal, like a normal uh, city, you oh, know. Cool. Right. And Elias Cotias, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, I gotta see that is, now, man. He is my hero. Like he, he's so fucking good in this. He's the only one who is. Like, everybody is turned on by car crashes in the movie, right? So you got, like, James Spader, Deborah Carey Unger, Holly Hunter, uh, Roseanne Arquette, and then Elias Cotias. And Elias Cotias is the only one who is showing any kind of emotion about it. Everybody mm. else is just kind of like, yeah, I guess, you know, let's, uh, let's watch this car crash and fuck. You know? But it's like <laughs> Elias Cotias is, like, talking about it philosophically, and he's got this whole, like, you know reasoning right. behind why they're doing things he wants to recreate car crash like famous car crashes that killed people and then fuck inside the maimed cars and shit and yeah. like it's just it's and i i know that in the book apparently uh the character that he is his goal was to was to kill somebody elizabeth taylor elizabeth taylor in a car yeah in the car yeah yeah and yeah. climax as he's doing it so, <laughs> right so right like, which is just genius <laughs> to me and it's it, it I, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys haven't seen it no okay no. so well, I've, I've read the book right so, but i don't want to spoil this because i don't know that this happens in the book but there's a there's a scene towards the end that's uh that goes to a place that i would not have expected even though i don't know why i didn't expect it because it's like totally building towards it the entire fucking movie but like when it happened, I was just like, that's when it went five out of five for me. It was just like, I was like, this is, it was sort of mind blowing for me. I really, really, and I, and I'll, the other, the only other thing I want to say about it is that uh, it's impeccably directed. It's, I'd say it's like one of his better directing jobs because sometimes Cronenberg can be, I don't know, strange, like some, like his more recent stuff, like history of violence and stuff. I don't know. Sometimes his, his shot choices are weird to me, but, um, the score, Howard Shore's score, it might be my favorite score I've ever heard by Howard Shore. Like it's mm. really, really good, and he's done some pretty good scores. Uh, right, but this one's got like this electric guitar uh, picking thing that he does. It's, it's incredible. It's pretty awesome. So I gotta I, watch this. Yeah, now. I highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Mm. Sweet, sounds good. Jr. Jr. Uh, real quick, have you guys? Okay. Yeah, real quick, back. have you guys seen uh, Exotica? No, no, no. All right. Well, it's another wonderful uh, Cotillas performance. Gotta, I was gonna watch all of his movies. I was gonna mm-hmm. watch uh, rewatch Hit Me. I know I said that like fifteen times. Oh right, the other Stephen Chamber movie, and I just never got around to it. But it's on YouTube. If mm-hmm. you want guys want to, it's it's got him in the starring role, and I I recall him being quite good in it. Any of you guys seen Fallen, the Denzel yeah, he's Demon good. movie? He's the uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the, and I love his in the gas chamber when he starts inhaling the gas. He's like, <laughs> He's like just sniffing it. Yeah, almost. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is your connection oh, good, yeah. Jr.? Because we we, I, we got the notice a minute ago. Oh, I mean, I seem to be okay. Can you? Yeah, we can hear you f- and see you yeah. fine. So, 
Just checking. All right, so uh, so I made a mistake this week. Well, actually, I made a mistake months ago. Um, Did so you rewatch right, right after Jaws it came too? out, I watched M Night Shyamalan's Split, uh-huh. and Split isn't good. Hmm. Uh, James McAvoy's interesting. He's weird, but it's not good. But then, like two months ago, three months ago, I watched Unbreakable, mm-hmm. and it was good. Mm. And then. Glass came out, and I was like, "Oh, I got all these like happy feelings from Unbreakable, so I should see Glass eventually." No, mm. and I did that. <laughs> I did that this week, and I did that. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I have nothing. Uh, I have nothing good to say about Glass, guys. It's Ouch. uh, mm. it's really long. It mostly takes place in like a psychiatric ward, which uh, ends up being super lame. Mm. Uh, it's like David, like uh, Bruce Willis's David Dunn character is like still just like a vigilante, and he like touches James McAvoy as he's walking down the street and sees that he's got some kidnapped girls and goes to save them. Then they get in a big fight, and then uh, somehow psychiatrist Sarah Paulson catches them, and they end up in the same uh, institution as uh, Mr. Glass, all being treated for delusional behavior, like where they. You know, they're trying to convince them that, uh, like, the superhero powers are a delusion. And uh, it sucks. <laughs> it just, like, it doesn't go anywhere cool from there, ever. Mm. Uh, you as an audience never once think that these powers might be fake because... You've, they're not fake? You've seen yeah, multiple we've... movies where they're not fake, yeah. Yeah, like, we've objectively seen that they're not fake. <laughs> and then, like, just, like... You know, Sh- Shammy has all this trouble keeping track of all of his characters. Like Bruce Willis just disappears for a long time. Uh, Samuel Jackson disappears for a long time. It's like do you call him Shammy? Yeah, what, what do you call him? Shamwow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I think we just had that same thought. Yeah, we did actually. <laughs> just kidding. And, Go ahead. and then every every main character, all three of our leads, they each have this like. Uh, they each have a sidekick, which for some reason, just because I guess it's a comic <laughs> book, so they serious? have to have sidekicks. <laughs> Who are the sidekicks? What are their powers? It's his son, well, I mean, huh? so like, yeah, David, uh, Bruce Willis is his son. It's the uh-huh. same kid that played him. Uh, who, you know, who like is in constant communication with his dad. Like his, like Bruce Willis has like a microphone. They talk over, I guess, the radio, like, I don't know, some radio frequency. He's like, he's, a, out on patrol. he's like a whistler for Blade. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or the guy for Punisher, whatever his name is. Right. Uh, Samuel Jackson has his mother, who is still younger than he is. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, like, this, the actress is like five years younger, and Samuel Jackson mm. looks old. So, um, and then for some reason, they bring back uh, Anna Taylor Joy from Split, who was like uh, the surviving kidnap victim, right, of McAvoy. But now, for no reason whatsoever, she's like sympathetic to to Magnus' <laughs> character. It makes no fucking sense. A lot of the dialogue is just like speaking in like, uh, trying to do like comic psychology and like, mm. like how comics are important, and it just it's never interesting. Mm. She should have just uh, stayed with uh, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah she should. Yeah, the yeah, witch. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Oh, and uh, and like you know, there are a couple of twists, but like the big oh shit twist is just like underwhelming in the dumbest fucking way. Ouch! 
What is it? Never so gonna, never, yeah, never, just never going to see this. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's like it's not worth even talking about. Oh, okay. Um, okay, cool. So uh, yeah, I like I rated it a two and a half out of five, and every second that I spend thinking about it, I like it less and less. And I just I don't understand how I gave it that high a score. So mm. you love this thing, you secretly <laughs> love it. Yeah, the Shyamalan sense. <laughs> <laughs> Shamalama ding dong. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kevin. So, um, three in a row, I had had really good viewing experiences at Perkins Row. Like, three movies in a row were five out of five. And then I saw The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Oh, no. The Gilliam movie that, as they point out at the before the movie even starts, that is 25 years in the making. And it's like... It's really, I, at the end of it, I was like, okay, for one thing, this movie is entirely too fucking long. Second, like, 25 years? Like, this was not worth it. Um, <laughs> it, it this movie is just bad in so many ways. It's, like, Terry Gilliam's best days are behind him. Yeah, have been for a while. <laughs> yeah, like... Since ninety eight, probably. Yeah, like I was, I was talk, I was talking to my brother the next day, and he was like, "When was the last time Terry Gilliam made a good movie?" And I was like, "Well, ninety eight, Fear, Fear and Loathing." Oh. Yeah, because like, uh, God, Zero, Zero right? Theorem sucked. Brothers Grimm sucked. Tideland sucks. Um, to be fair, I've heard good things about Thailand recently, and I've been kind of mildly interested in revisiting it. I did not like it when I saw it, but Man, it's yeah, yeah, it just, weird. yeah, it just seems like. Like, Tideland felt like he was remaking Time Bandits. This one feels like he's remaking Fisher King. Mm. And, like... Zero Theorem is Brazil. And Zero Theorem is Brazil. Yeah. So it's like he's just rehashing all of his same bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the more like the most original of his recent movies, uh, Parnassus, was still just not very good. I, because didn't, it's, I didn't hate that, though. I, I remember liking yeah, it a little bit. Yeah, like I'd have to watch it, it again. Yeah. But, like, it just... it's. Terry Gilliam is just so far into his own world and like doesn't operate the way things you know. He in doesn't the real have. World I don't do. think he has the budgets either. He doesn't command the budgets to achieve his vision. Well, that's the thing. Like, it would be great if he was able to get budgets, but he wants like astronomical amounts of money to right. do like these insane things, and it's like. Like I think like in the early 90s when he was first trying to put this together he wanted like 60 million for it and it's like dude Jeez. this is the early 90s like that kind of money like especially for you like coming coming off of Brazil and then coming off of um uh Baron Munchausen which is another like you know like Gilliam has so many movies that are in the history books as like Huge production failure. nightmares yeah. that didn't that you know never recoup their money and it's like dude like i understand you feel like artists should be free and etc cetera, etc cetera, but like you got to still operate in the real world to make your shit and yeah like i gave it i gave it a 2 because jonathan price is actually pretty good and adam driver's decent in it but he's in everything so i'm i'm at the <laughs> point now where i'm starting to get kind of tired of him um, but everything else, everything else in the movie is just pretty terrible, and the story is bad, and it's just like he needs to go back to making movies like The Fisher King or something where it's like 
more grounded and that he can't can legitimately make for cheaper. Mm-hmm. And you know, like because you know he talks about you know in the early Python days, it was literally him making his animations by cutting shit out and photographing it. And they're good, interesting animations and, you know, done for super cheap. So it's like, why can't we have that Terry Gilliam again? Like, his creative spark is just dead. He's and, old. Yeah, he's old and, like, there was... Uh, I didn't read the actual article because it looked like more clickbait, but apparently he said something about, as a white man, I'm tired of being blamed for everything. And then he recanted. And it's like, okay, what? Ter- <laughs> it's time for Terry Gilliam to go away. Yeah. You're, du- you're done. You're done. Yeah. No, you're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> uh, that sounds terrible. Sorry. It was. Sorry you had to watch that. Um, finally got around to watching Vice. Ooh. Did you watch this? You love this movie. Did you watch because it? Because you, Adam McKay is your favorite director, right? <laughs> he kind of is. Yeah. Not the big lie. short is a masterpiece of comedy. Ten out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Vice? No, I will never watch Vice. Did you see Vice? I haven't, but uh, JR did. JR did. And Fucking every, trash hole piece Everything of shit. JR said was so accurate. <laughs> Good review. This was <laughs> insanely bad. Yeah. Like, like it, it's like someone gave a 19-year-old Sixty million dollars to make a movie, and this is what happened. It's like so ridiculous. And Gilliam is pissed off because he wanted that sixty million <laughs> exactly to make his movie. <laughs> right? There's like YouTube videos and shit in it. Just like there's what? just oh. rant. It, like the like Jared Ew. mentioned in his review of this, the the credits start rolling halfway through the movie and it, for comedic effect. And there's just weird like you're supposed to be sympathetic towards him, I guess, at certain points, and then the, it's just, it's a me- it is an absolute mess. It's That's, very, uh, very expected. strange. So and, expected. Uh, <laughs> some of the scenes literally look like SNL skits. Like, quite literally. Anything involving Sam Rockwell. Why? Why Now, you watch this thinking, this is going to be another masterpiece like The Big Short. No. I just wanted to see the train wreck. <laughs> okay. I knew this was going to be a shit story. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> it's just not even interesting. Like, it's, it's like, it's... We've all heard the stories. It doesn't times have the the, as well. the comic mastery of the Big Short, exactly. Which is a genius, <laughs> genius. No, film. Per, personally, like the Big Short. Okay, like I had no idea what any of that shit was. Like right. I, I didn't really know what the housing. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But so I was somewhat interested in that. Like I've heard the stories of George Bush and Dick, Dick Cheney a million times. Everybody's heard these stories. Felt. And it's like you're just watching it happen, and it just it looks like reenactments on the History Channel. Like it's like. Does it ever cut to a young a younger Obama like looking at the TV and being like angered and like I'm gonna be president one day and I'll fix this? No, that would have been. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I'm surprised they did. It's missed probably, it's missed probably, opportunity. It's probably yeah, the deleted yeah. scenes. I mean, <laughs> it. <sighs> oh boy, it's bad. I give uh, it a one. Yeah, that's fair. It's and a, I, I'm not even sure why I gave it a one. I, there's really no redeeming quality. Go zero, this. man. You can't change it now. You got to rewatch no, it. <laughs> I I don't know why I even gave it a one. I don't know. Mm. It's hard to rate stuff like that sometimes, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, it's mm. like, like, well, I mean, I'll just say it's. I I, I watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Why? Why? As again, uh, BDSM wanted to watch in other <laughs> movies with, with uh, bondage, sadomasochism, <laughs> and uh, I mean, quite quite seriously, like I was like I was like I should watch this movie just to see how it compares. Because why didn't I'm, you just watch Bound? I've seen Bound about two hundred times, so okay. didn't need to rewatch that. Okay, I've never uh, seen that. 
also bound isn't about sadomasochism at all. I know. But, <laughs> but um But it's the title, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but like Fifty Shades of Grey I have a hard time with because it's like I don't like it. I don't think it's a very good movie. JR, have you seen this? No. It feels like something you might have I've watched for some reason. Dive. <laughs> I mean somehow JR watched the Beyonce movie. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, I, I, start, I started that twice as well. In two days. You are gross. gross. Uh anyway. No, uh, my my wife uh Sure, is sure. Your wife, really yeah. We got it. it. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it no, turned but... itself on. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually literally what happened to me. I, I, I turn on Netflix, I go I go start some food, come back, it's fucking playing. <laughs> And it's like yeah. 15 minutes in. I'm like, I'll finish this. This is on the this is on my history now. <laughs> I have to explain this to my wife. <laughs> it's 140 minutes long. Jesus Christ! I watched about five minutes of it. And I was like, I'm good. I mean, like, no offense. I give you like Beyonce or whatever, but like, not my thing. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy performance. It's a crazy concert. It's pretty insane like looking. Yeah. Music. Yeah. it's it's nuts looking. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, parts. so so Fifty Shades. I I, it's a movie where it's like. It looks fine. It's shot well. It's actually directed rather well. It's not. Uh, it's not like. It doesn't have the shoddiness that you might expect. But um, Sam Taylor Johnson directed it. Uh, but uh, it's definitely the acting is atrocious. You know, as you would expect from Dakota Johnson, just awful. Uh, but and the and the the story is quite boring and uh, and interesting. And the sex scenes, which there are many of, are uh, not sexy, not uh, enjoyable to watch. I mean, I'm a red-blooded male, you know. I mean, you'd think you'd enjoy watching a, a scene with Dakota Johnson, who's a very beautiful young lady, uh, getting, you know, bedded by this creepy man. But it just doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. And um, that, that therein lies another problem. It's just like the, the weird dynamic of the relationship is he's a weirdo who wants to tie her up and beat her. And he's trying to convince her of how good this is going to be. And the way he convinces her is that he coerces her by fucking her really hard until she orgasms and is like, sign the contract. <laughs> and it's, and it's just really oh, weird rapey. and creepy. Yeah. Very rapey. And, mm. uh, I don't understand the appeal of this movie, even yeah. to like the, it's target <laughs> audience, which I imagine is like sex starved housewives or something, but it's like, I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't get even what they would get out of it. Cause it's really just not, very titillating or exciting. And uh, it gets to a point at the end where she, she asks him to, uh, and she's trying to make this decision. What will I sign this contract to be his submissive and all this throughout the whole film. And she says, I need to see how bad it can get. Show me how bad it can get and how bad it can get. Apparently is him taking a belt and beating her six times across the ass with a belt. And that that's how bad it can get. I'm like, this, this is how bad it gets. I thought he had like machines. And you I right? He's, yeah. he's got a sex swing. Doesn't even put her in it. I mean, like he has her bent over the bed and he beats he's her with got a belt. A sex swing. I'm just like children get beat with belts. This is as bad as it gets. Are you kidding me? I mean, like where are the where's? I, I, uh, granted, they have a discussion about the contract and she says no to anal fisting. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> they say this in the movie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> she says no. She says cross it out. But there's I mean, a reason my mom walked out of this movie. There's still vaginal fisting. <laughs> you know? There's lots of stuff. My mom you could do. calls me like after this movie came. She's like, "Have you heard about this movie, Fifty Shades of Grey?" Yeah, me and my uh, friend went inside. We had to walk out. I was like, "Oh, oh my, God. my God, please don't talk about this movie." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like it's like you know. So I had a hard time rating it. I didn't want to go like super super low, but I ended up giving it a one because I was just. I mean, I just I don't like it, and you know, it's not and and uh, it's not something that was. 
hard to get through, even though it is quite long. I was like, I was fully engaged the whole time with it. I just, I don't know, maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe because I was just thinking of how bad it was. And I'll just real quick, because I'm not want to talk about this, but I watched Diary of a Shinjuku Thief, which is a um, another movie on Criterion, which is directed by J.R. Oshima? Didn't yeah, you? Oshima. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Oshima. Oh, right. And, uh, I was surprised at how low this was for you. Yeah, I didn't like, care for this. Yeah, because you loved Night and Fog in Japan. Lo- I still like, do. loved it so much. Yeah, I really, really like This is a much different film. Uh, this and He's all over the place yeah. as a director. Oh, this, okay. this is like if he. This is like him mimicking Godard, like a hardcore. And then mm. uh, Night and Fog is like so much more, more restrained, and that's what I liked about it. But um, yeah, this movie is very like new wavy and... Uh, it's just the third act is really bizarre and it's like all they're like in a play I don't, it's, it's hard to even explain but it's it's about a shoplifter in in japan and that that's probably the most interesting about it as i can say is that they they have like scenes inside of a bookstore in japan in the 60s and oh, it's kind of cool. cool to look at you know nice but, um, apparently they wrap all their books in plastic i don't know <laughs> all the mm. books are in like plastic shrink wrap hmm. it's pretty crazy mm. anyway jr so Beyonce, a film by Beyonce, directed. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it is directed by Beyonce, written, though. directed, it and is, produced. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is gross. Yeah, apparently she uh, she like chose all the shots for the live stream before it happened. Anyway, don't need to talk about Beyonce. Um, do you guys have uh, how many more movies? Do you guys have? I got like two. I'm done. I have uh, like three. Okay, then I guess I'll I'll talk about one more movie, and then next time it comes back to me, I'll let. Uh, you guys yell at me about my Kubrick list. Cool. So, uh, sounds great. I watched uh, Walter Hill's Crossroads. Oh yeah. Yesterday oh, yeah. or two days ago, can't remember. Uh, it was. Have you got I've Crossroads? Seen, I've seen part is, of it. Is, I know what it's about. I've seen part of it. I've seen it a long time ago. It's a classic uh, Devil at the Crossroads story, right? Blue yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Sort of, yeah. Except with Ralph Macchio. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's a Juilliard like, classically trained guitarist and is like, no, man, I got to play the blues. Yeah, it's got to get down right. and dirty, bro. Got to get da- <laughs> Like, I'm leaving for Mississippi tomorrow so I can play the blues. Well, he's, he's obsessed with this one guy who plays the blues, finds mm. out that a guy who used to play blues with that other guy is in a nursing home. Oh, like, yeah. Gets a job yeah. at that nursing home to talk to... <laughs> Uh, this harmonica <laughs> played by Joe Seneca. Joe Seneca convinces Machio to bust him out and take him back to his hometown of Mississippi, where he made a devil like a deal with the devil, mm. you know, in the thirties, I guess. Yeah, I think. And it's uh, it's so Ralph Machio does that because that's the kind of thing that Ralph Machio does. Hmm. And he uh, they it just like becomes a hitchhiking movie as they go down to uh. To Mississippi, they run across, and she hangs out for a while. And some, Didn't get any uh, of that. Nope, uh, nope, repeat. You, it's just, it's really fucking weird. Okay, you hear oh, me? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you went robot on us. Sorry. Uh, so, like, it turns into a hitchhiking movie. They run across Jamie Gertz, who stays with them for um, a while and has some sex. And I'm out. She's really bad. I'm out. Jamie Gertz is a, is a deal breaker for me. <laughs> yeah. Her one she's, good performance yeah. was that Seinfeld episode. Uh, she's all right in Twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy wife of Bill She's Patson. not good in this. Huh. Um, but man, it's it's like it's weird. Like the movie's like actually sort of respectful to like blues music and black musicians, and it like recognizes that Ralph Macchio's like 
kind of fucking ridiculous, like for trying to be this old school black mm. blues man character. Um, but then they meet the devil and uh, they have a guitar duel between Ralph Macchio and this Steve the most Vi. ridiculous Steve Vai thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the no. worst shit ever. Oh, no. Is it's, it really Steve Vai? Yeah. It is. It's, it's, like, it's yeah. Steve. He is a name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's, Robert Parker or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's insanely bad. Yeah. And like, uh, it's apocalyptically bad. I can't see this now. Yeah. Ever. Anyone okay with spoilers? I don't give a fuck. Okay. So. <laughs> So they start out this duel. Steve Vai is doing his usual Steve Vai thing, and like Ralph Macchio is trying to like like he's still got the fucking glass slide, and he's trying to play these blues licks and can't can't do it. And then like you know they they cut away they cut away and like uh, you know you think everything is over, and then you hear this you know tremolo pull off stuff, and like Ralph Macchio because of his classical training just proceeds to just shred that fucking guitar to pieces, and that's how he wins. Mm-hmm. And then, like Steve Vai attempts it, and mm-hmm. I'm like pretty sure Steve Vai could do what. Ralph Actually, Macho I think was doing, Steve Vai but... did do it. I think he recorded those parts. Okay. <laughs> I think like, he recorded hear, all the parts. Actually, you hear him fucking up on his electric guitar, and then he just gets mad and leaves. And it's just like Steve Vai <laughs> is was so much better at guitar the whole time, and somehow Ralph Macchio's won. And it's, uh, it's perfect casting though, because you know, Steve it's just, Vai is it's the just devil, proof that so. you know classical white people music be- is better than the blues. That's what the movie says. Oh, I see. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, until the guitar duel, like a lot of this movie is really fun, and Ralph Macchio is like he's not good, but he's not awful. Mm. He's hit and miss. There... He's got some good performances under his belt. Okay, here and there, you know, I liked him in The Outsiders, for yeah. instance. I like I like him in Karate Kid, the first Karate Kid. Cool. Later Karate Kids, he's questionable. But. Well, later Again. Karate Kids are questionable. Yeah, that's true. Especially three. It's brutal. Yeah. Have, and speaking of Walter Hill, uh, I just started rewatching Deadwood because of the movie coming out at the end of May. And uh, Walter Hill directed the pilot. And uh, yeah. it's oh. incredible. It's a great, great show. It's better than I remembered it being, the show. Mm. It's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. If nice. you I have only ever seen the pilot, and I don't remember any of it. Oh, man. just re- It's on Amazon Prime, actually, so the whole show. Oh, cool. So check it out if you have time. It's great, man. Sweet. I'm almost done with the uh, Walter Hill filmography. So oh, no shit. Yeah. That next. yeah. I look forward to that. I love I've got another, another eight love, hours left. I love Wild Bill. I love uh, those two films. I don't know about anything else, really. <laughs> I, I need to watch both of those. Like, Warriors is okay. I haven't seen Warriors. Um, Have you seen you? So you did you watch the uh, the newest one, the one with the transgender person who kills people? No, I still have that as well. Okay. That's I, I pretty. Much, I have Last Man Standing, another forty eight hours, and that. Okay, Last Man Standing is well. It's all right. It's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> It's got some good gun gunplay and gun mm. scenes and stuff. Is that the uh, one yeah. with uh, Bruce Willis? Oh, okay. the it's the 30s. Yojimbo remake. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, exactly. right, right, right. First, yeah. I was I was thinking of uh, Walking Tall. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's also a Yojimbo remake, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. No, it's it's based off like a, a real tall. real guy who like. Oh, okay. That's that's right. It is. Yeah, Buford Pusser. Gotcha. Greatest name in the history of names. <laughs> 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 All right, Kevin. Uh, so I finally got around to watching If Beale Street Could Talk, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not as good as Moonlight. Mm. Um, Fair. 
I think the thing the, for me the thing that detracted from this the most was the narration because it sounds it sounds way too lofty for what's for what's going on like especially like the girl who's you know the lead in the movie like she's you know reading this stuff off and I understand they would want to be faithful to James Baldwin's words because he is very eloquent but I think it works much much better in the context of you know like uh I'm not your negro where Sam Jackson is reading it off and he's you know the better actor and can give those words the gravity that they need but this one comes off real like like YA novel kind of thing you know like looking like an older character who's like remembering their past when they were a kid and like their loss of innocence and I don't think it works mm. in this in this context yeah isn't it the uh, the main character that's reading it yeah it's the girl Kiki, right? uh, yeah 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 and I didn't I good. just don't know if she can she's not ready for that yet he, he yeah both the, both the leads are not 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 great in that movie right and like um um, How about that scene though with Brian Tyree Henry? Fuck man, he is so good. Isn't he good? Yeah, <laughs> he's the man. This guy yeah. is a fucking. He's so good. He yeah, did, it's he, like he did one of the voices in the Spider-Man movie too. Yeah, <laughs> he's good in that. And like I, uh, I was looking on like Wikipedia yesterday, like 2019 and film, and like seeing like what all is you know coming out this year, and like it looks like he is going to be in a lot more, and I'm excited yeah, about yeah. that. He's, like, he's definitely getting a lot of a yeah. lot of uh, parts since Atlanta. Yeah, and that scene where he's telling his story, like, uh, it's so affecting. Mm-hmm. Best part of the movie, absolutely by far. Yeah. So, but I still can't get you assholes to go see uh, fucking Hotel Artemis. No, fuck that movie. <laughs> John, I'm done. That's a lot of fun. You're done. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Yeah, he said uh, that like ten I, uh, minutes ago. Sorry, I don't listen to what he says. I uh, I nice. watched uh, I Love You, Daddy, which is uh, written and directed by Louis C.K. Um, oh no! Former comedian was, Louis C.K. Was this the movie they thought was never going to get released? Or? This movie was about to be released a week before it was. He was accused of masturbating in front of. Oh, and it's and, it's pretty easy to find online. Yeah, you right, can right, right, download right. it everywhere. Okay, uh, which I did, and uh, just because I wanted to see it, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know that it's like wrong to watch this movie, uh, just because you know the person who made it masturbated in front of someone when they shouldn't have. Uh, it's a movie about it's a very extremely Woody Allen inspired as you might imagine it's black and white it's in New York it's got the Gershwin sounding score like Manhattan sort of and uh it's about a man who's a writer he's played by Louis CK he's a television writer very successful won lots of Emmys which uh, you get the feeling that he used like his actual Emmys that he has won in, in the movie because <laughs> he's got them like sitting behind him at his desk um <clears throat> And uh, he writes, uh, he just got contracted to write a new show, but he's not interested in writing the show because he's not, he doesn't feel passionate about it, but he's just going to do it because it's money and he's able to. And people are questioning about why he's doing that. And he's just like, well, you know, I'm able to do it. Why not? And uh, Charlie Day is his like friend who hangs out in his office. I don't know what his function is exactly, but Mm. he's very funny in the movie <laughs> he's got some ex- extreme monologues that he delivers uh just just profanity laced and very very funny uh i highly recommend those sections of this film 
otherwise it's uh it's good i liked it i enjoyed it it's very uh handmade feels very feels very amateur mm. like he you can tell louis ck doesn't know what he's doing necessarily directing wise he really doesn't know what he's doing editing wise he he edited the film himself and uh it shows it's poorly edited but there are scenes uh John Malkovich is in the film as a Woody Allen type of fil- an older filmmaker who likes banging young girls and uh he's very very good in it Louis CK is is good I mean he's kind of like you know he's Louis CK so he's mm. just kind of like the same old grumpy you know loser who's extremely successful in this <laughs> but uh and then his daughter's played by Gloria, Chloe Grace Moretz which is a is a is a a barrier for me because I hate Chloe Grace Moretz but she's not bad in the movie. I just don't mm. like her as a as an actress. I do not hate her. I don't. I can't stand her. But uh, <laughs> but she plays his daughter, and the whole movie's about him trying to uh, father her correctly and knowing the boundaries of what she's like. Almost eighteen, and he's treating her like like an adult a lot of the times. But then the other times he's treating her like a kid, and he's got lots and lots of money, so he's able to do anything he wants for her. And people are telling him he shouldn't do that. And I don't know. It's all right. It's 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 good. I like. I enjoyed it, and it's just the saddest thing about watching it is that you you weep for what could have been. You know, like if Louis C.K. had released this movie, it would have gotten some critical. I mean, it had critical acclaim before before, which is the stupidest bullshit too. It had like <laughs> it had like a like high seventies in on Rotten Tomatoes, and then after he got accused of the sexual stuff, it the critical ratings of it dropped. Like how does that work? Like you like the movie less now? Like the movie is is less good because the guy did something in his personal life that's bad? Like what a bullshit! What kind of a bullshit critic would do that? Uh, well, these days, I, mean. I know, but it's like it's just so stupid, right? I mean, that's just like you yeah, shouldn't you yeah. shouldn't change your opinion of a work of art because of the the artist did something wrong, right? That has nothing to do with the film, as such. Yeah. Anyway, it's all right. I I enjoyed it so. I think it's interesting that it was not as well made because, like, I know he like wrote and directed a bunch of episodes of his se- of his. He show. writes and directs all the episodes of his show, right? And like, uh, and, edit, are, and edits are, all the episodes. Yeah, and those are well. They I, are. I remember them they being are. well put together. They are. Uh, um, this is. I mean, it's a feature, so I mean, it's different. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, he's and I guess he'd be trying something different, like parts not are, wanting to make the sh- make the show. You know, of course. Just a, and parts of it are shot in. Uh, he shoots in Paris at one point of it mm-hmm. and uh he's shooting different locales like at one point they're like on a like on a lake or something so i mean there's like different kind of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see in louis right but uh i don't know it's just the editing really stuck out to me in particular as being kind of piss poor ouch but uh you know definitely uh an engaging and watchable and relatively short and so cool. i i would recommend it if you're unless you have some kind of you know moral barrier which is fine whatever you know give a fuck jr all right uh quick pause i do have a uh like pretty hard out in 45 minutes okay all we're, right, al- we're so. almost done here and then we'll start talking okay, cool. about the deep dive mm. all right so uh real quick i assume your problem with my stanley kubrick list is well i assume you have multiple problems but i assume it's that stretch <laughs> between eight and eleven where I have uh, The Shining and Full Metal Jacket just way too low. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I figured not. You're gross. Uh, so I do have uh, Eyes Wide Shut at the top. That's so that's also weird, but I don't mind love that. Love that I mean, movie. That's fine. Just you know? love it. 
I like it too. So it's been a while. And yeah. So, uh, you know, suck it, guys. The Shining sucks. I'm just kidding. The Shining sucks. The Shining does not suck at all. Seems like but it sucks like, according to your list, but. Well, you know, he, he had a pretty good batting average. You know, it's just I mean, like less good made... than I mean, like, I, like it's just like less good than Barry Lyndon is number three. I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Come on, come on. Barry Lyndon is number three. Yeah, is his really third good. best film. Yeah, Pat, Paths and... of Glory before two thousand one is insane. <laughs> and I do. Uh, uh, that's, that's madness. I do want to rewatch two thousand one. Kevin, what's that's your like... next pick? Two thousand one is the one I haven't seen in a really long time, and I do want to rewatch that. Clockwork above The Shining is crazy too. Clockwork is just not as good as I remember it being. I love yes. Clockwork. I, I do like it a lot, but it's like I agree. I think The Shining is better, but I think A Full Metal Jacket is better. I've never seen. I still haven't seen Spartacus. Me neither. You guys are cut for that, but you know. We're what? You cut out there. Sorry, you're weird for having never seen oh. Spartacus. Yeah, I own it. I've owned it for like over a decade. Just haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm waiting. Have I'm you, waiting for them to, for Criterion to re-release that on Blu-ray. I hope they do. I've seen everything on here except Lolita, Spartacus, and Fear and Desire. You, it feels like it's a bunch. Could have sworn we watched Lolita together. I never watched Lolita. I've owned it also yeah. for more than a decade. Like you would, you would remember it if you saw Lolita because, though, right? like, yeah, I had the box set. Yeah. Like, uh, like I talked about Lolita uh, one time here on the show, and like. I, I still like like the the reason I rated it so high was mostly because of Peter Sellers and how great he is. But like, there's like three Stooges level slapstick going on in a movie about a pedophile. Sure, and it's like I yeah, that's fucking weird. It's a it's it's a weird tone now for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. but again, like eleven eleven movies are like great movies, yeah. and then there's Killer's Kiss, which I thought was interesting, not good. I yeah. like to kill. I remember liking it. It's been a long, long, long time since I've seen that. The uh, like the roof chase, I thought was awesome, and there's some cool camera stuff at the beginning, but it's mm. it's it's kind of like a nothing story. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's a testament to Kubrick that you know all of us have such different ideas of what our lists would be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Kevin. <laughs> so. Um, I rewatched what we do in the shadows because I've been watching the show. I'm very much enjoying the show. Very much enjoy the movie. It's very much my, my kind of humor. Five out of five. Easy. Nice. I, uh, <laughs> I downloaded, uh, Abel Ferreira's Pasolini, mm. uh, five years ago. <laughs> I was, I was gonna like when you, uh, <laughs> Uh, when you were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey and like you yeah. know the the belt thing, I was like, oh, yeah. has this person really never seen Solo? Right, no, they haven't. Wait, no. is this the with Willem Dafoe? Yeah, this came out five years ago. No, I it never got released until now. It's getting oh, released in May. Wow, okay. but uh, it played festivals five years ago. It's is from, it from is it like controversial or like like on the like on the level of like Bad Lieutenant or something? I I don't think so, but I mean. It's not like my mom wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a biopic. It's not, right. it's not traditional in any sense of the word. Mm. It's, uh, Willem Dafoe plays Pasolini in the last few months of his life. And, uh, so I guess 76 or something. Yeah. And, um, 
he's about to, he wants to make a new film. He's written the new film and uh, he's trying to cast it. And therein lies kind of the strangest portion of the film, which is that Abel Ferreira shoots parts of this film and you see it, uh, which is, it's interesting. I didn't know how to feel about it when it was happening, but in retrospect, I think it, it works pretty well uh, because of what the film is about and things that, uh, so he had like Pasolini's script and shot yeah, parts I, of that. I, I'm assuming. I'm assuming so because Pasolini talks about the film in the movie. He's like talking right. about what it's about and stuff, and then you see scenes from it that okay. Ferrera has shot with other actors oh. in in Italian. So that's interesting. And uh, Defoe is, uh, you know, he's just so reliable, just good. You know, yeah, just yeah. straight good. Nothing flashy about his performance. Just an excellent performance, and uh, it's extremely short. It's. It, I think it's uh, length on IMDb is like 76 minutes, but it's really only like 71 minutes to the credits. It's incredibly really? short, wow. which is another just, you know, piece de resistance. Uh, <laughs> love a short what's, movie. what's the Italian equivalent of yeah, right. piece what, de whatever, resistance? Whatever that is. Yeah. Bon appetit. That's, that's French also. Um, <laughs> wow. Anyways, uh, the, only, the only other thing I really need to say, I mean, impeccably well directed. I don't, Ferreira is one of those like unique directors in my eyes who's he's almost gotten better at directing as he gets older. I mean, he's gotten a lot like he's always been restrained, but he seems almost like way more. So now, and he's just very efficient director, very good director. Mm. Did and you like 444? I did not like 444. <laughs> okay. 444 is the, is the opposite of what I just said about him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was, that's, yeah. it's, that's like a passion project kind of thing. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like, I don't hold that against him. I think I think Welcome to New York is so good that it erases my memory of 444. And Pasolini is quite good as well. And uh, it, the only other thing I'll say about Pasolini is that uh, his he, you know Pasolini was killed, and his right. de- his death scene is in the film, and it's quite uh, brutal. Hit by a car. <laughs> No, he run was over. beaten. To There's death. a lot more than that. He was ran over, but that was, there's a lot more to it than that. And really? it's, it gets very, uh, yeah, like very he brutal. Was, like he was, he was hit with a car, and then like two guys like beat him to death, and then like there was like a big controversy about it too. Well, like, nobody actually knows what 100 percent what happened, right? Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. like the like the two guys like got arrested, but then they were like saying they didn't do it, and then like years later, like you know they I. They still went to jail, I think, for like other reasons. Yeah, what and, I what I read is that one. And then guy, they said it was like a mob hit. And, one guy was in the car, and he got arrested and and, and said that he killed him. And then late years later, he recanted, and like right. now nobody yeah, knows yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. happened. So. Yeah. but it's not in the mil, in the movie. It's very like definitive, but um, probably not what actually happened. But it's very very brutal. And um, yeah, it's just a good. I mean, it's solid and it's so short that. You know, you give it a full star just because of how short it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it rules. Uh, so, so is that a three? I gave it a three and a half. Okay. I mean, it was enjoyable. You know, it's not cool. a masterpiece or anything. But uh, wait, you you have another one? No. Okay. Well, I I just talk really quick about Hagazusa. Um, I actually have three more, but I'll just talk about this one, Hagazusa, which is a uh, a movie, a German film that came out. And 2017, I guess, but it's just now getting like a U.S. release, and it's directed by Lucas Fiegelfeld, and uh, it's subtitled uh, "It's Hagazusa: A Heathen's Curse," and it's like a, it's essentially a witch ripoff in Germany, oh. and uh, it looks really nice. It's shot really well, and it is boring as sin, and nothing happens in it. And it was there's such a disturbing uh, scene in the last ten minutes 
that like I almost turned it off in the last 10 minutes because it was like I think it's a lot to turn me off like to shock me right and I wouldn't say I was shocked I was just like grossed out I was like I don't want to see this I don't need to be involved with this like I don't want this in my mind you know <laughs> yeah it reminded me of when I was a kid and I downloaded a, a scatological pornography video <laughs> from Casa. Jesus Christ. Two girls, one cup? No, it wasn't that one, but it was like that. It was like Brazilian women, and they were like puking into each other's mouths and shit. It was in taking dumps all over each other. It was disgusting. <laughs> and, I, and I immediately regretted it, and I was like, I wish I hadn't seen that. Well, yeah. And now, and, <laughs> yeah. Now it's, and now it's in my brain, and I can't get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> can, you re- can you recall it now? I can. I can recall certain scenes from it. Uh, vividly. <laughs> vividly. I, I, I am sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's it's terrible. fucked. And this movie has... a. Not not quite to that extent, but I mean, there's just some shit that happens, to the, and it's totally unwarranted and unnecessary. Well, and, what uh, happens? Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, do you guys care about this movie? I don't, not really. <laughs> it's no. a shit I'm not sure. I want to know though. Pretty sure Jerry's got like 30 minutes though. So let's speed this up. Okay, it's about a woman who has a baby, <laughs> and she kills and eats her baby, and it's fucking gross. Uh, so I mean, it probably has more of an effect on me than it would on you, just uh, being yeah, that yeah. I have a kid, and I like. I was just really fucked up. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's uh, I gave it a one and a half just because of the the way it looked. It looks really good. In the words of Mark Marin, it was so bad I walked out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was on I was on that I was on that path. But um, anyway, let's get into our uh, deep dive, which is uh, Kevin's pick this week. Yes, Secretary, starring Secretary. James Spader, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Jeremy Davies, mm-hmm. uh, that Canadian actor guy who plays her dad. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, Elaine's therapist from Seinfeld. Yes, uh, and Satan. lots some other people. Um, Satan. He looks like Satan. He does. He's pretty, he does. He's he literally. Does. He, yeah, he, he looks. looks he looks pretty. Stephen McCaddy is his name. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is from 2002, directed by Steve Shaneberg. Uh, or Steven Shainberg, who I yeah, who Shainberg. I incorrectly said last week for some reason wrote traffic. Stephen Gagan wrote traffic. I don't know why <laughs> I thought that, but uh, this guy uh, did not. <laughs> right, <laughs> he just he just directed this movie and a couple other ones, and now he's a nobody. So yeah, uh, you want to talk talk to us about what this movie's about and why on earth you would have suggested it for this podcast? <laughs> so Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a woman who's like literally just getting out of a mental hospital she's a self-harmer um and she's dealing with a lot of issues that aren't quite dealt with throughout the movie spoiler alert um but yeah so she starts she starts what <laughs> like what the fuck was that with size machine <laughs> yeah so so she starts to work for James Spader and clear, and quickly learns that he is a different breed of fellow himself and they start to get into this BDSM relationship and uh John just a quick suggestion when you're editing the show I hope you'll I hope you'll open it with uh, Master and Servant by Depeche Mode Oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Or or if R- you remind me Oh sure. Uh, <laughs> so yes, uh, they start. They get into a BDSM situation, but it's not one that's involving like leather or uh, you know whips and chains and all that kind of he stuff. He doesn't it's, have uh, Christian Gray's playroom. Exactly. Exactly. And although his name is Mr. Gray. Yeah, which, I did, which ends I did up notice that. Yeah, yeah. which ends yeah. up being which ends up being kind. Of, you know. Um, but yeah, like I saw this movie a long time ago, thought it was interesting and, um, you know, it's, you know, a very different thing that we've had on our show so far. I don't think we've watched 
sex movies? Yeah. Um, or anything. Wait, wait, till, or anything. wait till next week. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you on a Pasolini kick now? We're going to oh, yeah. watch uh, Canterbury Tales or Solo's the Cameron or something? Oh, shit. <laughs> Why would why would we watch Solo? I'm just kidding. I'm just Solo. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, watch Philosophy of the Knife. <laughs> so yeah, um yeah, so yeah, I thought it was, you know, something way out of left field that we probably wouldn't have thought of. Did it hold up for you? I mean, you liked it all those years ago. What do you feel about it now? I don't remember how I felt about it oh. when I first watched it. Um how convenient. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was you know, I've seen seen a lot of movies and like, you know, I don't I don't remember all of them. So yeah. uh but yeah, this one um I was not quite as enthusiastic about it as I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I don't like about the movie okay. that I can really think of, but it was it didn't make a real impact on me. Sure. I mean, I think you know, it probably you know, just speaking for myself, like I'm not into the BDSM lifestyle, um, and I don't, you know, like I've known people who have self self harmed, but that's not, you know, something that I'm terribly familiar with, you know, from just a armchair psychologist standpoint. So I'm sure, like, someone in that kind of, you know, lifestyle would maybe appreciate this more or appreciate what's going on psychologically with Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader's characters. But, um, yeah. And I'm also realizing just thinking about this now, this is the, uh, you know, third movie that James Spader has been in with interesting sexual practices. Cause yeah. you also have sex lies and videotape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, uh, I just finished watching the, uh, the office again. And James Spader's in it. Oh yeah, Sucks. and he's he's like he's he's a weird sex guy in that too. Yeah. Nice. So the nice. entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, he's the character from The Office. I think that was <laughs> probably intentional. It's just, yeah, it's definitely intentional. Uh, right. Except yeah. he's fat and bald now. Yeah, and extra creepy. Just like <laughs> everything is sex. <laughs> was he bald in The Office? Uh, I don't know. He's bald in now in general. He's like bald, yeah. balding. Right. Office. Yeah, he's bald and blacklist. Right. Getting right. there. Well, uh, what did uh, what did everybody else think? Well, I'll just go. I'll go because uh, un- uh, unlike Kevin, I found lots of things to dislike about this movie. Um, the indie quirkiness that you brought up at yeah, the beginning of the episode. I really hate the tone of the film. Uh, just being, it's everything. I really gauge the tone. Oh, I disagree. Everything about this ra- film random. Everything about this film is dated, yeah. including the tone. It's very. 1999 to 2003. Like, is this a weird complaint? But I'm like, a cheerleader. It's very, but I'm a cheerleader. Yes, yes, oh, okay. yes. I haven't seen that. He, even like the At way his, outside of the office. Even the way his office is like set up, like yeah. it just looked gross and just like just strange. It's it's and, I mean, intentionally strange. Yeah. I, I hate the fact that they that she goes on a date with Jeremy Davies at a laundromat slash diner. <laughs> like, what kind of a world is this that they're trying to convince us exists? It's very weird. It's very Austin. Now, that being said, I, I don't love for a second that Spader goes there. I know, right? That's, yeah, the, thing, exactly. that's the same thing I thought. I was like, what? why would he be going there to get his... He's a, he's a lawyer. He's rich. Like, yeah. uh, And yeah. then, the, 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 uh, having said that, though, 
Love the idea. Wish they had a laundromat slash diner. I would totally go there. Uh, <laughs> get your laundry. It's just a genius move. It's like, get your laundry done, then go eat while it's being done. You know what I mean? Come back when you're done eating. It's done. It's yeah. Brilliant. But, um, yeah, I really hated that. I couldn't. I just. I found this story sort of like Fifty Shades of Grey, just very uninteresting to me. Maybe because you like you like you. I don't know that I find this lifestyle terribly interesting. Or, uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of people just find this shit fascinating, like how people can do that. And oh my god, it's so bizarre. But I, it yeah. doesn't seem that bizarre to me. It just feels like, especially in this film in particular, it feels like these people are like kind of broken. And yeah, yeah. they're doing something that's uh, they're doing some fucked up shit in order to not feel broken and to cover up their brokenness. But I, everything I read about the movie is how, oh, my God, it's such a positive film about BDSM and we should you know, we shouldn't be judging these people. But it feels like the shit they're doing in here is not good. And even James Spader realizes it's not good and seems like put off by himself and his own actions, you know. And but the, the whole thing ashamed. is it's not good for him because he. He seems to have an addiction, but it does help. Like it, it helps Maggie Gyllenhaal like get over the self harm stuff because she can get harmed by someone else. But that that harm is not. It's not drawing blood. It's no, not I, scarring. I, I, I mean, yeah, that's... yeah. Like even you know, like pointing out the typographical errors and like telling her like what food she can eat at over dinner. I don't find like okay again not to judge these people or people who are into this sort of shit. Like do whatever you want, do whatever turns you on, you know. But like, it just feels like I don't know that the movie is doing a great job of like I don't see it as like a showing this lifestyle in a positive light. It just seems like it seems like they're both really fucked up and they end up being fucked up together and it somehow works for them because it's an indie comedy from the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree that they don't handle Spader very well because they do make it clear that there's like an addiction issue here, but they just kind of breeze past that since she's into it. Also how he, he doesn't want to fuck her at all, but when they're together, suddenly he's like this nice, like gentle, caressive lover and, you know, he undresses her and he bathes her yeah, and he gently, gently weird. fucks her and it's beautiful. <laughs> and you get to see her naked for like 25 solid minutes at the end of the film. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, like, I don't understand well, what, what changed exactly, you know, because I feel like he was testing her. But I mean, you know, spo- jumping right to the end of the movie here. Yeah, he was yeah. he testing her by forcing her to sit at his desk. And he was happy that she complied, right? He was happy that she never got up uh, on purpose. Right. And that she essentially shit her pants for three or four days, yeah, pissed herself for three or four days, yeah. and ate nothing. So As as people gathered around the office right. and there was media outside. Yeah. Again, really just weird, totally weird bit. such a quirky 90s indie movie kind of thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, let's have the news media. It'll be funny because it's like such a weird thing to be documenting by the news. It's just, it's just, it's irritating how quirky this movie's trying to be <laughs> and it bothers me tremendously and i did not like it i'm smelling a one <laughs> i'm smelling a hard one <laughs> might give it a two for the number two that she took in her pants <laughs> while she sat at the desk <laughs> who was uh like i felt like we were supposed to recognize all the characters that came to talk to her yeah. um you know like her dad and uh the devil yeah. that former employee or the the paralegal and the yeah. doctor but who was the woman that gave her the book that just said feminism i don't know i think it was just some random woman who like okay. you know was it the old like, secretary 
No, it wasn't her. No, it was just I, like there she was, was just, blonde. Oh, it was, yeah, I don't it was weird. Know. Yeah, I think there was some random, some random woman who misunderstood what she was doing and thought it was you know, you uh, know like sit-in protest or for some, sure. Some, yeah, well, some she wants bullshit. to convince her to not be doing what she's doing, right? Because yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. need a man to yeah, tell you don't what let to a man do. Tell you what to do. But yeah. it's like you know what the thing is about that, like that that in particular, that whole last section. I don't know if you call that the third act of the film, but the last you know bit where she's sitting there and all those people are gathered, it feels like the filmmaker thought, and this is just totally total speculation, but it felt like he thought, you know, okay, this movie is working and I've got the audience. Let's just reel them in with this co- comedic, this wonderful <laughs> comedic sequence. Yeah. With the, 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 like the feminist book, obviously a, a comedic beat, uh, all the different stuff that's happening. You know, it's just, just totally like... Felt, just felt like he he thought he had more than he did, and it wasn't work. It just wasn't working for me. I didn't like it. I was ready for it to be over. I was like, oh, yeah. please end. I mean, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I probably liked it a little bit more than you, but I this is the point of the movie where I I got pretty mad. Like she breaks up with a uh, Jeremy Renner's Jeremy Davies character. Sorry, Would have been better Jeremy if we had like a fifteen year old Jeremy Renner in there. <laughs> 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 just like uh, the moment where like. She tells Jeremy Davies, I don't want you. Yeah. I feel like it's supposed to be a big one because up to that point, she doesn't really express what she wants. She just kind of goes with the stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Or she like, and she said before, I want to be your secretary. We just felt like this moment that was supposed to be big and it was not handled very well. I just and felt bad for Jeremy Davies. Thing and, yeah. Yeah. Because like, especially they never, when they drag it out with like the wedding thing too. Yeah. yeah. They just never gave that relationship like enough time to register as anything. I agree. Yeah. I guess because, uh, you know, I could just say it's a comedy, so that's yeah. It's just supposed to be stupid, but. And I think like as the as the audience, like we know that they're not you know gonna end up together, but like. Because Jeremy Davis is weird. Yeah. Sure. Well, well, you know, he's James Spader, he's not, a totally he's normal not, guy. He's <laughs> not her. He's not her kind of weird, right? Like he's like he's, he's honestly he's not weird at all. Like in this movie, he's not playing weird at all, though. He's just playing like a like a hipster guy, right? I mean, he's not like yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and but like, he just always has a weird voice. I, so I, I agree. I mean, Jeremy weird. Davies as a personality seems like a weird guy, and he plays a lot of weird roles. But like this isn't one of them for me. This I think like, he's he's like the you know standard quirky yeah. boyfriend, and like you know he's the guy a, she should be with if she weren't into all this weird shit that she's into, right? And, like, there's that one sex scene that they have together, and, like, he's just, you know, not listening to what she's telling I mean, what him is he? to he doesn't, do. He doesn't want to spank her? I mean, come like, on. He doesn't what want... guy doesn't want to spank Maggie Gyllenhaal? <laughs> For real. <laughs> and, like, you know, and, like, she's trying to get him to be a little rougher with her, but like, he's not doing it. And it's like. Sh- and, and they don't paint him as being this, like, sensitive soul who's just, I'm no. not into hurting. The, I can't hurt you, baby. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, that would be one thing. I could understand that. But it's like, he just seems like a normal guy. I feel like most normal guys wouldn't have a huge problem with that if that's what the girl wanted. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into strange territory. Yeah. Sorry. Jonathan, your thoughts? You, I hated this thing. Do you like rough sex? Sorry. You hated it. Yeah, I hated this movie. It was terrible. High five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it needed to end like 45 minutes in. It, it was, is pretty long. And there's just like, there's like the cutting stuff in early in the movie I felt was way too serious for this movie. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's just like, like she's got her, her, her like cutting kit, you know, and so it's, it's it was, a ritual. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just too like, it was, it was almost too dark for this. 
and it's like i don't know it kind of like downplays that whole thing mm. it, it, it just became completely unaffecting for me personally so yeah i just i can see that did not care for this one at all it's a big uh it's a big snoozer bud big turd turn the punch bowl sorry jr what you heard a lot of people talk I mean, about you, it, obviously you, you, yeah 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 you liked it more than us right so i mean like defend <laughs> this thing man come on <laughs> i don't think he's about to launch into a donkey discussion though he what? means Al Hazard, Balthazar. <laughs> yeah, like, what? You're talking to Kevin. What? He likes it more. Sorry. Kevin, you like it more than JR? I don't know. Who hates uh, it the most? No, I, I would say Jonathan hates it the most. No, no, no. I don't know. I hate it. I just did I hate you, it. You literally just said you hated did the I? movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, here's I'm, what I'm confused. Uh, All right. Spader has a fucking weird energy from the very first time that you see him. Mm. And yeah. I found that enjoyable for a few minutes. Um, and I don't like Maggie Gyllenhaal isn't she's not bad mm. she's alright um, like, I just yeah that's not she's not bad and, and like the, the idea behind this movie was interesting I just don't think it was pulled off very well I don't think it's I don't think it's a story I think I, th- I feel like this and I mean having watched Fifty Shades of Grey obviously you know it's essentially the same story but told in a dramatic way and I was mm. going to say this doesn't work as a comedy but it probably could if it were funnier, but I mean, I feel like it, it should be held handled more dramatically, uh, especially like Jonathan was saying that the kind of tonal weirdness of the beginning where, mm. you know, she's cutting herself and you're like, I mean, what, what am I watching here? I thought I was in for a lighthearted, quirky comedy. This girl's cutting her thighs open and throwing yeah. an iron on her thigh, which leaves no mark. I mean, what the fuck? You see her in the in the in the uh, pool like the next second, and her thigh is totally fine. I thought she was gonna kill her mom with that. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. they kind of like make what it a look. weird opening that would be. <laughs> Just kills her mother and then goes get a job as a secretary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't like that. A lot of like the indie comedy shit came from everything outside of the office. Mm-hmm. Like, like Spader's in a different fucking movie. Yeah, Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal's in this movie with her family, with the like oblivious, always smiling mother, like the dead inside mother, the alcoholic dad, yeah. all like the off kilter dialogue with Jeremy Davies. Yeah, and, and a then lot... there's the office with Spader, and where he throws different. away his underwear. He's so cool, man. Just yeah, like, yeah. I can't have these anymore. Whoa, I'm throwing them away. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck like... this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I think like like yeah. Like, the biggest problem I think with this movie, like I read, like apparently Shaneberg like wanted to do, like apparently he was influenced by My Beautiful Laundrette. He thought oh. that was something that would like that like normalize gay relationships, sure. And he wanted to do sort of a similar thing for BDSM relationships, and I think it tries. It does, and it you know it, but it doesn't succeed. Like you I, know how- I would say it succeeds in like painting that kind of BDSM relationship in you know a more positive light. But it doesn't go to the any of the roots of the problems. Like it doesn't go into the father's alcoholism, mm-hmm. her cutting herself, mm-hmm. whatever problems the mom is dealing with, yeah. trying to be, you know, the Barbie doll, James Spader's problems, whatever they are. It just you know, it just presents, you know, this weird world in which this BDSM relationship is happening and it's just like it needed a better writer you know the and, diff- a be- and a better director and i will say that the difference between this and a movie like my beautiful laundrette or uh another movie which i feel like does that really well uh puts puts a gay relationship out there in a positive light which is um 
fucking Malanoche, the first Gus Van Sant film. Mm. I feel like the thing that separates those films from this film is that those films aren't about gay relationships. Those films are about people who happen to be gay. Right. right? Like yeah. the guy in My Beautiful Laundrette, it's a movie about him trying to start a laundrette. Right. It's not about him being gay. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's that's a that's hmm. a conflict that he has to overcome, but that's not the that's not central to the plot. And right. this movie, them being fucked up weirdos who are into getting beat, that's central to the plot. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's why that's why I think it doesn't succeed. Well, one of the many reasons it doesn't succeed. And I would agree with that because, like, I keep going back to uh, the wire as like an example of like, so like there's you know the character Kima in there. And, like, she's black. She's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. At no point in... I mean, I'm sure there are parts of it that I don't remember, but, you know, there's no, like, glaring points where, like, she's dealing with racism or homophobia. Like, sure. when she goes home to her girlfriend, the arguments that they have aren't about, like, oh, you know, this the guy at work, you know, call, called me a dyke or something. Like, it's like, hey, you're a cop, and I'm afraid you're going to die. Yeah. I'm afraid you're not going to come home one night. Same thing with, I mean, like, speaking of The Wire, I mean, Omar is gay, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, and he's one. Of, he's the most feared character in the show at one oh, point. Oh, yeah. So he, like, he's probably the best character that they have right. in the show. So, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I think The Wire isn't necessarily the fairest comparison. I mean, it's good, it's yeah, good I mean, but it's like, obviously, they're trying to work in, a, a, like, a absolute reality yeah whereas this movie is clearly taking place in some weird alternate universe where you eat while you're getting your laundry done (laughs) yeah but um well just from a writing standpoint i would say it's you know the the wire is obviously stronger yeah and in and in you know portraying the time i mean (laughs) yeah portraying those kinds of things like this movie i i really don't know when it's even set because they're using typewriters and shit. I mean, it's like, I don't... Oh, yeah, he says no computers. use typewriters in this office. Yeah, no yeah, computers. Yeah. I and mean, it's just like... Well, she also takes her typing exam on a typewriter. Yeah, it makes no sense. And it's set in Florida, apparently, but I don't think they ever say that. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's... I guess that's where it was filmed. I current know, I day, guess. I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It just threw me off. Yeah. yeah. It's strange. Because, like, you know, that's that's yet another quirky indie thing. Yeah. Typewriters. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah. 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 Every hipster has a typewriter. Right, Kevin? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, because I bought it from you. Oh, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I still have one. The hipster yeah, overlord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, I'm out of stuff to say about this turd. Yeah, and, J- and JR's definitely looks like he's got to go. He's he's fidgeting. Soon. I got to go soon. Okay. Right. Well, uh, what ratings? Uh, I'm going two and a half. Mm, generous. Oh, one. I'm going one else. Also, <laughs> high five! Yeah, just as good as Fifty Shades. I'd actually, I'll, I'd actually rather w- rewatch yeah. Fifty Shades. A little bit better than Vice. <laughs> a little bit better than Vice. <laughs> a touch, like a touch. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty bad. Jer, I, uh, I gave, I gave it a two. But have you guys looked at the letterbox and like scrolled down through the reviews? Like everyone on the front page is just super positive, and it's kind of making me feel crazy. Like I don't really understand what people are seeing. Yeah, I feel like all them. those people are like people who work at hot topic or something. I, I don't know. Like that's, that's just what I, that's just what I think when I see this movie, like this is someone's favorite movie that works at hot topic out of my friends who have seen it, who I follow, uh, like, you know, you guys and other people, the highest rating is from another, another, uh, film podcast I watch and they gave it a four, which is insane to me. But, Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They're all very. They're all giving it four and four and a half on the front page. 
so much better than Fifty Shades, says Rory Anders. Given, yeah, and none of the reviews say anything substantial. There's a couple of like, I want to be spanked by Spader reviews. And just, yeah, this one, really this one it. by Georgia, three stars, <laughs> kind of dumb, and the ending was boring as fuck. But that scene of James Spader spanking the girl was hot. <laughs> three <Yeah>. stars. <laughs> the tight review. She doesn't mention what else he does. That's true. He jerks off onto her back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And an obscene amount from the stain. You should reply to that yeah. guy and go like, "There's this website called Pornhub that you can yeah, go to. Like, definitely. you don't yeah. need to watch. They have this lots movie. of spanking videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Um, okay, well, uh, that's our show, and it's my pick for next. Is it your pick? I it, thought it was my pick. I know. I thought it was too, but it's not. It's mine. <laughs> John, that was ready with the insider. I'm ready. <laughs> We're not watching that shit, bud. <laughs> I really want to watch it. Well, yeah. you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks because we are... Wait a month. You know what? Actually, can I say something? Uh-huh. I've had such a hard time narrowing it down. It's your pick. I'll cede to you until next no, time. What are, what Come you, on. What you I have about? nothing. What do you want? I was to- literally going to look at like a list of 10 things and just try to just grab one, but I don't I feel passionate about it. going to throw us off. No, no, no. It'll right. be okay. The Insider. It'll come to me next week. The Insider. Michael Mann, 1999. Yeah. I haven't okay. seen it, and I'm very, very Kevin excited. Kevin hasn't seen it? I haven't seen I it. I haven't seen Jared it. Jared hasn't seen it in a decade. We're going to be yeah. watching The Insider by Michael Mann, his last film shot on film, I think. Oh. 20 I, years I ago. I believe so, anyway. Wow. Yeah. 20 year anniversary. Is that right, though? Did he have something in between there? And uh, Collateral? I don't think he did. I don't know. I think Collateral was in like 04, right? He went that long without making a movie. Five years? I mean, that's not, big, big that's not that long. I mean, he's no Terrence pick. Malick, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be watching The Insider next for next time. I don't want to say next week because I don't know when the fuck we're going to be recording. I hope it's next week. Um, and uh, until then, visit our website at filmyak.podient.co. We have a blog there. Check out the blog. Listen to us on iTunes or any other uh, podcast platform. Rate us. He did Ali in 2009. Ali. That was on film. Damn it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I haven't seen Ollie uh, either. We can watch Miami Vice. I don't know. What do, what do you guys? Fuck that <laughs> shit. I want to watch Insider. <laughs> I have never uh, seen a, a Miami Vice, though. Uh, I know JR Jared loves it. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been wanting to see it ever since. It's only nine hours it. long. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> nine hours? It's like Showa. This long. isn't a Fassbender <laughs> movie. The show is that long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways, uh, write to us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.